And the motion picture is the most important art film ever devised by the human race. It is the, the art form that creates more empathy than any other. It creates our ability to step out of our own shoes. Hello and welcome to The Great Movies Pod, a retrospective film review show. The podcast where we watch and discuss each of the films covered in Roger Ebert's seminal film essay collection, The Great Movies. I'm Nick Fulton. I'm Dylan Clare. And I'm Jana Gardner. And today we're discussing 1972's The Godfather, based on Mario Puzo's novel, with a screenplay by Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola, music by Nino Rota, cinematography by Gordon Willis, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, and starring, among others, Diane Keaton, Sterling Hayden, Robert Duvall, John Cazale, Talia Shire, James Caan, Al Pacino, and Marlon Brando. And joining I don't know us, if you've heard any of those people. Yeah, they're, uh, they're pretty famous. <laughs> Uh, joining us for our discussion today is a returning guest, a friend of ours, and author of The Annotated Godfather, the complete screenplay commentary on every scene, interviews, and little-known facts, which has a 50th anniversary hardcover edition coming out this September. Jenny Jones. Hello, welcome hello. back to the show, Jenny. Yay! Hey. 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 Welcome Thank you back. for having me. It's a pleasure to be back, especially with this movie. Yeah, so, The Godfather, uh, Jenny. Yes. You wrote, a, you wrote a whole book on it. I did. Do you like this movie? <laughs> I love this movie. I Of course. You know, I watched it many times and never got tired of it. Um, although not as many times as, as the real, real, real aficionados. Um, who, back in the days, really before online chats, they had an online chat. This group of folks that would get together and talk about the Godfathers every day. Now, are you saying the real aficionados are the people that didn't write books about The Godfather like you did? <laughs> well, uh, okay. Maybe aficionado is not the right word. Uh, obsessed? I don't Obsessives, know. <laughs> yeah. the, real, the real Godfather heads out there. That's right. That's right. So we're talking like early, like back in the day when it was like the original Star Trek message boards and stuff, mm-hmm. but there was also Godfather, like alt.net Godfather channels. That's awesome. Yes. Exactly. It was 2007 when I wrote this, so. Nice. Yeah. And um, the biggest thrill was I ended up um, pretty unexpectedly getting to interview Francis Ford Coppola. So that was quite interesting. Yeah. (laughs) The guy who makes all the wine? (laughs) At his vineyard, in fact. Yes. Oh, really? That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Did you say hi? What? (laughs) Did you say hi to him? I well, she did. interviewed him. She, she interviewed him. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was reading something on <laughs> I said hi for two hours. Really, uh, mostly what I said was, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I was going to say, he yeah. probably does a lot of the talking. Oh. You, what if you didn't say hi and you just started off and, like, threw a microphone <laughs> in his face? And he's like, okay, well, we're doing this. Yeah. I will say, I've, I've been to his vineyard many times, but I have never uh, seen him there or said hi. But they do have cool, like, um sort of little museum-y things that you can see on display, like different uh, things from the movies that they have there, which is kind of cool. His Oscars sometimes and stuff. (laughs) So that's cool. When I was there, I guess I don't know exactly where. I mean, I didn't, like, see the wine or anything. And so this was more of an office situation. And they were um, actually doing some sound editing with Walter Murch, um, above me in a studio above me for uh 
film called Youth Without Youth. Youth um, Without Youth, yeah. 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 Uh, but anyway, so that was sort of rumbling above me as I was going through oh, that's du- cool. dusty book, uh, dusty uh, boxes left. O- that was the archive were just a bunch of old boxes at the time. I have a feeling that things have improved since then. So yeah, there's how- a whole compound there. It's crazy. How was Coppola to talk to? Is he easy to talk to? Because he has this reputation as being like a really intense filmmaker. But in every interview or like behind the scenes... Other than, uh, I guess, Hearts of Darkness, but in other, like, <laughs> like even in The Godfather, like, uh, the iTunes, there there's some bonus footage of just him talking, and he seems, like, kind of in a, I mean this in a nice way, like, kind of a dork, like, he's just, like, very into and excited about all of these aspects of the movies that he's making, so I feel like, I don't know, he, he like, what I've seen of him is very different than what his reputation sort of is. yeah. Uh, he is pretty like film nerdy, but the other mm. thing you gotta keep in mind is with the story of the making of The Godfather is really uh, the story of Coppola fighting for every single aspect of this film, fighting mm-hmm. with Paramount. And so when you've um, you know gotten the rights from Paramount to uh, publish the script, which this is an annotated screenplay more than the book. I mean, it's a book, but um, uh, then he is going to want to make sure absolutely that his side of the story is told and told correctly. So um, so there's that um, motivation with him as well. Um, for some reason, I had written to say um, that I was coming and, you know, talk to the his assistant um and for some reason, when they saw me, they were surprised. They thought the way that I wrote, I was an elderly woman. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm not sure how that played into it at all either. But um, like I said, I was really just pretty slack-jawed and, and nodding my head the whole time. And I do, and I haven't listened to it since, but I do have the, obviously, uh, a CD of that encounter. So someday I'll go back and... Relive it. Maybe if you can get us like a snippet of the recording that you did, I can sure. upload it to the podcast. Sure. Yeah. Of me saying, uh-huh. I will. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he was wonderful. I mean, he spent over two hours with me and um, was, was super patient. And, you know, he's got a bit of an ego, but he was pretty easygoing in, in terms of conversation. And um, so. I feel like if you made The Godfather and you don't have a bit of an ego, you're you're just like you're, you're lying. Yeah, that's a, yeah, not not surprising <laughs> to me at all, uh, considering. Yeah. So, uh, Jana, I know that you've said in the past this is maybe your favorite or second favorite. It's up there with Casablanca's. Yeah, it your... is. Yeah, it's sort of in like the top three rotation. It was definitely, well, I always describe it as my first favorite movie. Like, it's like mm-hmm. the first movie that sure, when sure. I started watching movies, I'm like, this is my favorite movie. This is the best one. Um, I probably <laughs> saw it when I was 10, maybe? 8? Eight, 8 or 10, like around there. Um, and I, I can't even remember really the first time I saw it. Um, I just... I've seen it 18 million times. I do remember one of the very first, maybe this was the first time I saw it was at my, with my family at my uncle's house. Cause I remember watching the wedding scene. And then at the part when, um, uh, Tom goes looking for Sonny cause he's in the bedroom with the bridesmaids. My dad was like, go behind the couch. 
And I was like, what? And he's like, go behind the couch just for like a minute, okay? Because <laughs> so he, he didn't want to like sit there on the couch next to me when it cuts into like the Sonny having sex with the bridesmaid in the room. So he was like, you go back there. And I was like, okay. And so I could just like hear it. And he's like, okay, you can come back out now. And that was so, it was a not until a later viewing that I actually got to see sort of a uh, unredacted version. But mm-hmm. Did yeah. you have to do that during the Apollonia scene too? Yeah, I think by that time I was probably, because I was getting very young, um, and that's that's a long stretch in the middle of the movie in Sicily mm-hmm. where uh, it's harder to keep your focus, I think, as a young person. But, yeah, uh, that was another part where it was like, okay, just close your eyes for a second. Sure. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, it's – I've – yeah, this is definitely Godfather, Casablanca, West Side Story. Like, between those three, they're always sort of like, depending on my mood, uh, mm-hmm. what Good I would movies. my favorite movie probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, not, not, not your most obscure, but what are you going to do? <laughs> but there's a reason they're yeah. not obscure. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, that's true. Right. It's like, I, and we're going to talk about this in a few months when we get to Hard Day's Night, but it's like saying that The Beatles is one of your favorite yeah, I mean, bands. It's like, yeah. it's it's so trite, but there's a reason that yeah. it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Look, I got, <laughs> I've got very, um, I, I try not to say basic taste, but you know, I, I don't overthink these things. I'm not too try hard about it. But, but <laughs> the Beatles rule, the Godfather yeah, rules. So yeah, what are you going to do? That's kind of my well, take. And I do have to say, I do love a woman who loves the Godfather. Yeah, and that's not every yeah. woman, but yeah, it, it yeah, should it's be. definitely one of those movies. <laughs> it should be. It's definitely one of those movies that has kind of like a bro reputation. Um, yeah, and so I think maybe that even just like turns maybe some women off from wanting to watch it. Um, and luckily, I saw it before that ever would have occurred to me. So mm. well, and I think that's more about the bros watching it than the movie per se. Of, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's more about sort of the reputation around it and about mafia movies and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that in general than the movie because yeah there's so much to I mean there's so much about the movie that's about women we'll get into it but like family and relationships and, and things like that it's yeah. not some just like shoot them up you know stereotypical gang right. Jenny does mention like in her book though there's not a lot of like female characters that get to do much oh no um, so no. That, that that could be another reason why maybe it doesn't attract the same audience on the female side but yeah. still a great movie and who cares? Yeah, there's there's some movies where that really bothers me, and for yeah, some yeah. reason it just never has here. Because, like mm-hmm. you said, the themes are broader. I mean, mm-hmm. sure. and and just because it's it, I do feel like it it's a story about fathers and sons, but that doesn't mean right. you know yeah. women can't appreciate that. Um, yeah, I yeah. do always have to tell the story of when I was doing press for the book and was on a radio show and was asked. What's a chick doing writing a book on The Godfather? Oh, lordy. <laughs> um, and I, I said, you're clearly not meeting the right kind of women. And um, <laughs> he didn't like that so much. But, Good. Anyway. And this, this was like in 2007, not like 1977 that somebody <laughs> asked that question. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I like you, Jana. This was uh, probably my favorite first favorite movie and it mm-hmm. was until uh supplanted by la Jete. it's my most recent favorite movie but this is solidly uh i think my number two favorite movie of all time it's just imminently re- rewatchable uh every single thing about it is good mm-hmm. like every every piece of the yeah. craftsmanship every, that go into it every is, aspect yeah it's great so do we want to talk about the uh the oscars before we get into the movie proper yes all right. Uh, Dylan is dying to talk is, about. Is the that Oscars. part of the Ebert book, the Oscar thing, or is it just 
No, no it's just our, it's just our, our own interest. personal okay. obsessions. Okay. So it was nominated for 10, previously 11, and then uh, Nito Rota got the boot for some... There's always some weird technicality, I, I feel like, with a lot of the uh, like below-the-line categories. So his mm-hmm. um, score, which is terrific, and I think probably... Ought to have well, I haven't heard the limelight so the limelight <laughs> score, which ended up winning. So uh, maybe I'm being unfair um, to that, but I think this is certainly uh, one of the most iconic scores of all time. Yeah. So that one, that one was out, but it was nominated for ten and ended up winning three, um, including, of course, best picture, uh, best actor, which was declined by Brando. Sure and was. He sent uh, Sashi and Littlefeather to. Uh, to not accept his award, which is um, awesome. Like, yeah. And, could you and, imagine anyone doing that? No. And no. anyone, anyone who hasn't seen that clip needs to look up that clip. I've seen it up so many times, but it is—it's crazy. It is quite something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's up there with the wa- David Niven moment. I mean, it's right, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then it won best screenplay based on material from another medium, which was a. Mm-hmm. Uh, an old category or a, a old fr- yeah an old phrasing of <laughs> adapted screenplay and that was won by uh, Coppola and Puzo mm-hmm. so there, hold on there, there's the other screenplay best screenplay based on factual material or material not previously produced or published like what a way like that's the old best original screenplay category. <sighs> they needed they needed new writers to come up with a more succinct, <laughs> a way, more of succinct saying, yeah. way of but, saying it original but what does that mean factual I guess mean based on like a, it could be a biopic, basically like oh. based on somebody's life. But or it's a, a biopic, not directly adapted from a book. Right, just based on somebody's. But it says or. Life. Sorry. Right. So or just... or material not previously produced or published. So it's basically saying anything that is not adapting something that was published in another form. So not adapting a play or a book or whatever. Okay. Yeah, they. I'm guessing that's probably still the actual like rules, but, th- but they just the call rules. it best original screenplay. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like, <Good laughs> easier Lord. to understand. Yeah, that's funny because like one of the one of the um, nominees in that category is um, "Lady Sings the Blues," right? So it's about yep. Billie Holiday's life, um, which is you know, but it's still considered original because I don't think it's based on a particular published biography. Yeah, like a bio. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go down to some of the. Uh, categories that this either did not win or was not nominated in yep and since it only won three there's gonna be a few of those so bob fossey beat uh coppola for best director known hack bob fossey. yeah no known <laughs> hack no uh no not unloved on this podcast right yeah um <laughs> if people don't know what we're talking about oh, they're yeah. being facetious big, and i do i do like ca- yes I, I do really like cabaret cabaret's yeah. great um, yeah. I, I would not have given um, no. Fosse, best Not director for over Cabaret over this. Yeah. Well, it's agreed. Especially, oh my goodness, it, this just would not have been the same in any way, shape, or form movie without Coppola because it's all about his mm-hmm. growing up and it's so all personal. the little Itali- yeah. It's so personal. All the Italian yeah. touches. And um, it's so funny because they hired him initially when they couldn't get kind of a bigger director um, mm-hmm. because I thought, oh, here's this young guy who hasn't done much. We'll be able to boss him around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah. can, like, pay him a shit salary. And... Yeah. yeah, well, it didn't turn out. So, I mean, he just <laughs> fought and fought and fought. 
so yeah and i i wonder if that's part of the reason um not not that specifically but that he was a young guy and he was sort of unproven um like he'd done a, f- a handful of movies before but none were huge hits like finian's rainbow and um the rain people but this was obviously like his big coming out you wonder if he'd already had apocalypse now or um the conversation under his mm-hmm. belt if he maybe would have won do you do you think the fact that it was such a commercial success had anything to do with it or did they not him not winning you mean right did they not because for example like spielberg not winning for color purple i always felt like that was in a way because he he was such a com- commercial success that the Academy was against it. Yeah, they still give it Best Picture. That's yeah. So they weren't that mad about it, obviously, but That's yeah, true. it's... And they I go wonder... heavy for uh, part They two. go really heavy for, for Cabaret yeah. this year also. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I wonder if with Best Director it is, Ch- one, maybe that he was super young and like hadn't earned it yet or something like that. And Cabaret, like it's very showily directed and obviously like with the mm-hmm. choreography and everything. And so maybe that's just like more of a in your face, even though I, I don't know, there, there's not really a justification I can truly think of trying to no. rationalize it. Yeah. And there may be some vote splitting where they voters wanted to honor both in some way. And since you can't um, picture it, yeah, picture, split yeah. picture director, yeah. I guess, yep. which we, we used to, not see a lot of i feel like they have been doing a lot more it's come back a lot in the past decade yeah Yeah. after yeah years of it being very rare now it's so yeah although not the last two years i guess but um so best actress liza no no no. farley didn't win director that year roma did oh no i always forget that 2020 happened oh yeah Yeah. 2020 a whole whole year (laughs) it was a whole year um so Brando won. I think uh that was a good And he was a good win. He had been such a pariah in the industry in the years following up to it. I mean mm-hmm. the studio really, really, really didn't want to hire him. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's crazy if you look at his career. It's like his first eight movies, most of them are like all time hits with all time performances. And then he just kind of like did minor there's, things that been huge there's there's certain guys that no matter how, or people but i'll say guys it's almost always guys um, <laughs> who are no matter how talented they are just become so impossible to work with that they they just fall away and so you see these careers from people where they're in all these massive hits and then all of a sudden you're like huh they stopped being in stuff and it's like <laughs> oh well because like i mean it, it talks about this in the Wikipedia page where I was seeing it, but it talked about like concerns about even ensuring the production that he yep. wouldn't cause insane delays due to his weirdness. And well, so it's just like, you can be more trouble than you're worth eventually. And that was part mm. of the original agreement too. In order to hire him, they had to, he had to take out an insurance. He wasn't going <laughs> to make much money. Bonded. And then yeah. he ended up in part because of his, uh, shenanigans with women he ended up needing some cash right away and sold his points oh no what a bad move he just <laughs> lost millions of dollars on that yeah. deal was, yep. was brando known for shenanigans with women yes yeah, he, i mean i think some... he had some kids around yeah <laughs> uh there's a an interesting i will i won't quote her but there's an interesting rita moreno anecdote about oh comparing uh Brando and Elvis. 
Oh and, my god, uh, it's good. Brando, Brando fared much better. Did Moreno uh, has some 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 nice things to say, some complimentary things to say about <laughs> Marlon Brando, Brando in that yeah, regard. Not, yeah, not so as, much as, about a, as a performer. You mean? Uh, uh, sure. Yeah. However you want to. Uh, yeah, as yeah. A like performer. Performer. <laughs> A Where? type of performer. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. As, as a ladies' man, um, yeah, she has great stories. Yeah. Um, so Liza Minnelli won for um, Best Actress for mm-hmm. Cabaret, which I think is well-deserved and really yep. got no competition yep. from this movie, as we yep. uh, mm-hmm. have discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, At <laughs> least not, not for lead act- actress. Yeah, not for right, lead right, actress. Right, right, right. Yeah, not for lead, yeah. Yeah, um, Joel Gray. I I do like. I I wouldn't have given it to him, but I do sort of like. In another year, that I, sort of win. I love that win. I it's it sucks yeah. that it's this year, but I love yeah. that win. He's so good in that movie, and like it's such and a fun part. It is the really other. Good. Yeah, the other um, non Godfather nomination that year was Eddie Albert, mm-hmm. who's the uh, the father to. Um, the Sybil Shepherd character in the Heartbreak Kid, and he's mm-hmm. great. That's another yep. one where. In another year, I would have loved to yeah. have seen um, that get a win. And then we've got the three, uh, th- three of the four um, Corleone yeah. boys: James Caan, Robert Duvall, not technically Corleone, but might as well be, and uh, Al Pacino in what is some real, real, just gigantic category. I mean, fraud. it just—it must have been. You know, obviously strategic to not Mm -hmm. split the vote with Brando and maybe, you know, some like keeping Brando happy in terms of his ego. And um, also this was like Pacino's first movie. Yeah, Yeah. also exactly. Panic in Needle Park was really the only other role he had done. Mm -hmm. Not a big movie. (laughs) No. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Now, out of those three, who would you guys have voted for? I mean, it's it's undoubtedly Pacino for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pacino's the best performance, even though I do think it's a lead performance. Mm. Um, yeah. Ro- I agree. Robert Duvall is my I would, I would favorite. Kind of like Duvall. he's my favorite character. Um, yeah, and that, I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite scene is the one uh, where he tells the Don yeah. that Sonny's dead. Oh. Uh, All of yeah, my favorite I, scenes I are scenes speci- he's in. <laughs> yeah, I have specific uh, like acting points written down about just really minor stuff that he does in that scene. That's <laughs> just uh, terrific. But I would go. So if we were to do this, like if we were to, to re-engineer this um, with the benefit of time, uh, Al Pacino probably was nominated strategically as mm-hmm. supporting actor. But now he's Al Pacino. Right. And if you were to go back, I think that he would be up for lead, mm-hmm. yep. obviously. And I think you do like what's maybe arguably category fraud and you have Brando is supporting. I totally think that like if and this if this Oscars win. happened now, mm-hmm. I do think strate- the way they would do it strategically now would be flipped where you'd have this like older show, you yeah. know, showy performance from an older actor. I feel like that's that's get, like, now a Christopher supporting. Plummer and beginners. Exactly. It's that's win. now yeah. a su- sort of a slam dunk supporting. I mean, it's still hard for well, not for on the women's side, but for young men and like f- first roles for men, like they don't often you know, like to give them lead acting mm-hmm. nominations or wins, but man, he's just, it's such a powerhouse performance. It's crazy. Yeah. And you know what makes it so great, sadly, um, is 
comparing him to today because exactly what's yeah. so masterful yeah. about this performance is how restrained and subtle it's, it is. It's so quiet. Yeah. It's so quiet and yeah. and yeah. You can't you can't watch it now without that context. I was I was talking thinking about that this morning while I was watching it. You can't watch it now and not compare it to modern Al Pacino. It's, 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 it's an unrecognizable performance. Well, like, that's, it's just, it's, that's what helps me is just, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's I, just like, I get what you're actor. saying, but it, it's like yeah. a different person. So yeah. it doesn't enter my mind when I'm watching it. It's just afterwards mm-hmm. you're like, oh, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a good question. But. Yeah. And then this missed out um, on any nominations for Best Supporting Actress. There's really, like, two, maybe three um, who would be in the conversation, but Eileen Heckart won for Butterflies Are Free. What? That's a, that's a movie, it looks like. I've, what? I've heard of that just now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who knew? Um, Based on a play. Yeah, Good sure. title. If, if you guys were uh, voting members, would you have given... A nom to either uh, Talia Shire or Dan Keaton, or I guess um, the Apollonia actress whose name escapes <laughs> me at the moment. The sixteen-year-old girl. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I, I would not. I, have, I don't. And think it, so. it's not that I think Diane Keaton is bad. I think she's miscast. And I get mm. what he was trying to do is something different. He didn't want this, you know, typical blonde dummy and she she uh at the time was doing these commercials these like sort of anti-housewife not anti-housewife but in an anti-housewife character sort Um, of like yeah more modern woman yeah and um so i get what he was trying to do but i just i personally do not think it works yeah i i don't know i don't know with that character what would like it's not and it's not i mean and it's hard to think of Kay like separate from Godfather 2 and you've seen that and you know where her character is going and everything mm-hmm. and she has a lo- obviously a lot more to a do, more to do. And, yeah. and gets is, I think a lot better because she has a lot more to do mm-hmm. this character is she's like just such I mean she's just such a pushover she's just such, like, like she stands up for herself like every once in a while but like I think about it really stuck out to me this morning, like the scene when he com- when he comes back from Sicily, and she's like, "How long have you been, b- been back?" And he's like, "Oh, he's like a, a, year. a year, I think, longer." And she's like, "Okay," and then just gets back together with him, and it's like, Ugh. "Okay, why didn't you move on and marry somebody else?" Like, you're like, "We well, just want better for her than that." Yeah. Like, Ugh, it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I personally really like the casting of Diane Keaton, but um, again, so I kind of like stood up for her in a in a Facebook group recently. And uh, Jenny pointed out that like, are you sure you're remembering Keaton from Godfather one and not Godfather? And not Godfather two. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She she doesn't get much to do. And I don't, uh, yeah. To, to your point, Jan, I don't think she's bad. It's just the character is, she's really just not much more than a pushover wasp. And she's just there to be like whiny and there to be like the, but Michael, why won't you do this? And like, yeah, it's, it's just such a tough role yeah. and it pays off in the next part. But in, yeah. in this one standing alone, you're it's yeah, there's just not much there. I, and it, I feel like this is sort of a hot take, but I really like Talia Shire. She's great. I and do too. I mean, she, there's it's the a big, one scene it's that, a big part. <laughs> it's a big no, role. But there, there's it's one scene role. in it, which Jenny mentions in her book, that uh, Coppola 
didn't like the results of because the studio kind of forced him to go over the top on it. And uh, is, is it, it the hysterical uh, scene at the end? Yes. No, it's the when he, oh. she's breaking all the plates and grabbing oh, the knife. Oh, that. Yeah. And that's the one scene that I don't think it, Talia Shire really works, but I think that's because of a production notes instead of her. Right. I think that's a character. Like, probably. Yeah, it, 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 it feels so strange for that character to be doing that. Like, and I know they're trying to show that this is like this sort of high tempered relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, she feels like she's provoking him and all this stuff. And she's kind of acting out. But yeah, that, that really sticks out uh, <laughs> in that sequence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah Anyways, but I, but I do like been, her. Yeah, it should have been Jeannie Berlin for the Heartbreak Kid, Elaine May's daughter. Ah, oh, fair enough. Elaine May's actual daughter, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. Uh, so this one for script, as we said. What else? Uh, well, I think I need to bring up that this didn't get nominated for production design or cinematography. And the production yeah, design, I was get to like, cinematography. well, both what? of them. Yeah. The production design is is incomparable. I just, yeah. I mean, except maybe Godfather Two, and he does win for Godfather Two, I think. Dean Tavalaris. Um okay. and Gordon Willis. I mean, it was kind of controversial how dark he filmed it, um, and he even yeah. admitted that it, it's maybe a little too dark in some places, but mm-hmm. um, but it's it, it's masterful. Just I say it. It really worked for me and the, the the things that's shot in the darkness like really works for me and i don't know if it's because i've now seen it so many times and you start like reading things into it that you see that may or may not be intended but like it really feels like every time something is shot in shadows or in darkness like it's there's obviously a reason for it like it's it's sort of that's usually how in the first half of the movie uh vito corleone is shot and then as michael transitions as the dawn in the second half he seems to get shot darker and darker um and so it's so effective and even beyond that he's uh shot in such a way that you can't see like his eyes are in shadow so it's even more like what is he thinking or what's really happening here Mm -hmm. Um, what one for production design uh it was or i think it's called art direction cabaret man cabaret one so many. But like the it nominees, so Lady Sings the Blues, The Poseidon Adventure, Travels with My Aunt, and mm-hmm. Young Winston. Yeah. Poseidon Adventure has a lot more nominations than I'd remembered. It yeah. has a ton. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and that that was a huge, like, yeah, blockbuster um, yeah. movie. So, I mean, I can kind of see why that got a production design or an art direction, as it was called at the time. Uh, movie, that's kind of like what it's famous for. Um, yeah. But, that's interesting. Now, at losing yeah. costume design to travels with my aunt is, uh, well, how is that not cabaret? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Cabaret's not even cabaret's nominated. Not nominated. So, like, of all the, yeah, that is very strange because that fe- that feels like a what one that fuck? cabaret actually had a good, uh, you know, you could go back and forth on that one. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I really think that uh, this was also robbed of uh, film editing. Yeah. Um, I yes. think that it's yep. the the montage, the uh, the baptism montage at the end oh, is it's, and that was peak film editing. Well, yeah, it's like the best. <laughs> and they had done it, and, and it was Coppola's idea to do the intercutting, but there was something about it not working. Um, and then it was one of the two editors who had the idea of doing the organ music 
over <sighs> the whole thing, and it just oh, it's which is like so what good. makes it work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good. And Did, so merch isn't listed as one of the editors, but didn't he help edit this and he's just not credited or am I, I didn't am I realize he of, wasn't um... credited. So one of my favorite stories of when I interviewed Coppola, uh, Walter Merch came down at one point cause he was working on this, um, upstairs, uh, sound editing. And he tells the story of, um, you know, one of the many, many fights over the film was the score and, um, Robert Evans wanted, um, oh shoot, the guy that did Love Story, uh, Henry Mancini. Hmm. There were, there's uh, multiple which, people from Love Story that people that the production wanted to get. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, Ryan O'Neill. Yep. This movie would have been so fucking bad with Ryan O'Neill. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's a great actor. But okay, but but he's a. Do you want to see him play Michael Corleone? No, uh, but I did think because Jenny listed some people that like were possible to be casted as Michael and I think some of them would have worked. Yeah, like Dustin, Dustin Hoffman Ho- Dustin Hoffman I think would have been fine. The um, one thing yeah. you got to say about Pacino is that he actually is Sicilian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. So anyway, I'm picky about it considering James Caan was a <laughs> is a not so much. Yeah. <laughs> so so they're they're at Robert Evans' pool trying to uh, convince him that it's got to be Rhoda to do the score. And Evans is like, no, no, it's got to be Henry Mancini. And then he's like, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll do one score with Henry Mancini, and and then we'll do a score with Nina Rhoda and see which is better, which the guys know that's never going to happen. They're never going to foot the bill for that, that once they do one score, that'll be it. But then Ally McGraw walks by, his uh, Robert Evans' then wife with like a tray of cocktail weenies and is like, Robert, honey, isn't that when we're going to be in, uh, you know, Mexico? And he's like, oh, okay, I guess <laughs> you can do the score. So uh, that's how Nita wrote it. <laughs> that's amazing that Robert Evans was just like too, too busy to be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> Had to go on vacation. So we have Ellie McGraw to thank for Nita wrote a score. score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which wasn't nominated for it, it originally was and then it was bumped for some technical some technicality uh, is it like the, the reasons things get bumped now that it uses too much pre-existing music or something like that but like they it's so strange uh on wikipedia it doesn't clarify there's a couple citations godfather hold on godfather loses one count this is from uh the star phoenix in 1973 <laughs> um Ooh, this is a Scandin newspaper. I am not going to read this. Uh, I don't know. Oh, I mean, I've a forgery. It. He had, I've got it in, in my book. He had recycled oh. about seven minutes of music from an obscure Italian film, Fortunella, for the love okay. theme. Interesting. Okay. okay. They I, got I th- a, thought that might be something like that. A that tip had. from some jealous friends in Italy. So, um, <sighs> but he did win a Grammy for the score. If okay. that helps. A well-deserved Grammy. Yeah. Um, so the what won the score this year was Limelight, and it was won by Charlie Chaplin, uh, mm-hmm. who we've covered on the show before. And he won it alongside Ray Ray uh, Raymond Rash, mm-hmm. which was posthumous, and Larry Russell, which was also posthumous. <laughs> yeah. So is that why so, it won, maybe? <laughs> like, <laughs> it was like Charlie Chaplin and two guys who died? It's strange. Maybe, but how... Like there are not, there have not been that many posthumous Oscars, but uh, two for the same award is—it's yeah. got to be a record, right? Yeah, that's very. 
Oh, there's a Wikipedia page that has a list of posthumously awarded Oscars, so. There's, you know, actually, there's been more than you'd think. Yeah. But it's a lot of, it's a lot of, um. Two for the same one is, that's Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that is, that is crazy that it's two for the same award. Feels cursed. Yeah, I was going to say, that was Chaplin's last movie, too. Yeah. So, I don't know when he died in relation to that, but I don't know. Doesn't yeah. seem like. I think it was actually like a award. few years after it. I that, was, that, was the, that was the Nina Rota curse. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, this technically doesn't have much bearing on anything about The Godfather specifically, but uh, did you guys realize that uh, The Godfather isn't the only movie nominated for Best Picture that also has a part two in it? Hold on, let me look at the... Is there, like, a this Deliverance year? Part 2? Yeah. No. <laughs> Cabaret 2? No. The Emigrants 2? The Emigrants 2. Oh, I've never heard of yeah. The Emigrants. I'm surprised, because this is a Swedish movie. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, I have, oh, I have heard of this movie. I think there's, yeah, it's I a, think young there's a Criterion. It and got, there's a Criterion of it. It got drafted on, I listened to a, a screen drafts when Max von Sydow died. Yeah. And they did a Max, Max von Sydow draft. And apparently, they talked about this movie, and apparently it's really good. Everything um, I've heard about this movie is excellent, as well as its sequel, The New Land. And it's just mm. funny that, like, these two movies about sort of immigrants from Europe yeah. that has duo parts to building up this idea of what America it's, means. Yeah. It's, it's also just very strange for, like prestige films to get part twos so yeah and also a, I mean godfather was still like american like production companies and a lot of them were like italian americans the immigrants is like we swedish <laughs> like outright swedish yeah so i i just find how crazy well this the immigrants did this year pretty amazing yeah. i think it got six nominations let me scroll down i also can't believe i didn't Four. remember that Sorry. sound that sounder had a best picture nomination uh, yeah. uh, the, the adaptation of the children adaptation of the children's book sounder like <laughs> yeah. like the young person's book it's fascinating it also got well, best actor and best actress nominations paul winfield and cicely yeah. tyson that's cool both are yeah. great yeah. what i what i'm interested in uh the immigrants is that it was uh, a swedish movie like you said um and it stars Max von Sydow and Liv Ullman. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ingmar Bergman saw this or was just like hearing about this getting made? And he's like, oh, come on, you guys. Like, why are you leaving me out of this movie? <laughs> what a rip-off. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. Poor guy. I wonder if they like got in a fight in the group chat and they're like, all right, we're going to make this movie without you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what happened. Yeah. So let's get to the movie. Yes. Um, we don't really need to go like super in-depth plot-wise, I feel like, just because I feel like if you're listening to this, you've seen this movie. Yeah, no. I sure Great hope times. you're familiar with the plot of The yeah. Godfather. Yeah. So it opens um, with the wedding scene, which is sort of divided into a few sections. And it's mostly just introducing us uh, to the world and the family dynamics and to each of the characters specifically. Mm-hmm. So it starts with the lines, I believe in America, which are some of the most iconic mm-hmm. opening words to a movie, oh, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, from the... Go ahead. Oh, no. I was... Yeah, I was just going to say it's it's 
like yeah it's a great cold opening to this movie that uh both does and does not set you up for like what it's about to <laughs> like the movie that you're about to experience yeah um yeah and really what we're learning from this is the the sort of power that Vito has in the community he's sort of the guy that you go to um mm-hmm. for like he says for justice when the cops have failed him and we see like what he values the most and it's not i I pull a quote from your book jenny it's um what he refers to as friendship from uh bonacera who's this guy who's talking to him is really a pledge of loyalty it's not actually it's not friendship in the conventional buddy buddy way it's that he wants somebody to kiss his ring and call him godfather yeah yeah Yeah. because as soon as he does that he's like all right cool yeah I got he, you. Like, he, he's, he sort of gives him this look like, are you going to do it? And he's like, Godfather. And yeah. he's like, all right. All right, there we go, buddy. We'll, yeah. we'll beat up these dudes for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's a great, um, great contrast with the other people who come to see him, um, you know, who are more, who are seemingly actually closer to him or mm-hmm. he feels like are more loyal throughout and not just when they need something. Um, so the difference between Buenasera and then, the cake maker, the baker. Um, the cake. The, it's going to be this big. <laughs> it's going to be this big. You should see so the cake. They got the bride and the groom. Oh, and, and I am Enzo. Right. I am Enzo. You see, you see that yeah. cake, and they, he wasn't kidding about that cake. I love how they have to like push that guy out. <laughs> Get the like, out of here. Yeah, he's, he, yeah. He wants to keep talking to the Don, and they're just like, like, dude, you like, already, go. He already said yes. It's already yeah. going to be handled. This, well, this one's fine. <laughs> but that does, like, him him and Luca Brasi, uh. their, their deference to him is much different than the yeah. way um, Bonacera comes to him. L- L- Luca Brasi didn't think he'd be invited to the wedding, which I, I think is so sweet. It's, it's like, one of my favorite parts about the wedding scene is just him trying to do, like, repeat his lines on the practicing steps. what he's gonna say yeah. and, and the story is that that actor who was originally yeah. a wrestler couldn't <laughs> remember his lines so that was how so they, they just filmed him practicing yeah it's, and so uh, him stumbling was sort of a part of that mm-hmm. yeah and feeling so nervous yeah I get so attached to Luca Brasi in that scene that I'm always so yeah. sad when oh, no. he gets killed like 10 I minutes know. later uh, yeah it happens earlier like I kind of forgot, uh, or I forget every time I watch it, that he's he's like one of the very first ones to go because they, like they say, they he's so loyal that they mm. have to take him out if they're going to take a shot at Vito because he just would never let it rest. So, and um, he's so iconic that it's just so weird that it would be like, oh, okay, my it was like ten minutes. I know. Um, I mean, and then of course, it, it yeah, Luca Brasi sleeping with the fishes is like, even if you've never seen The Godfather, people, that's you know. Okay, so I actually have a good thing about this. So I watched The Godfather with my mom, mm-hmm. and she had never, ever, ever, ever seen The Godfather. Wow. Just this week? Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> good for her. That's and amazing. Did she, did she did like it? Yeah, did she like it? <laughs> I think she liked it. Um, but I, I was, she, like, she was like, okay, who's that? I was like, oh, it's Luca Brasi, and he's sleeping with the fishes. And my mom was like, What? And I was like, oh, okay, so she did not know that reference. And then it was like, oh no. And then it was like, um, leave the gun, take the cannoli. And I was like, huh? And my mom was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. That's wow. That's wild. amazing. How old is I your mom? Like the... If you don't mind my asking. She was born in '61. Oh, so fifty. Sixty. That's like, 
60. Yeah. 60. Yeah, that's like the lady uh, who, when I saw Citizen Kane at oh, the right. end, was like, who is this slut? I'm like, woman, <laughs> good for you. Yeah, you made it all the way to a theatrical screening you of get, Citizen Kane. You got the to see this thing, unsullied. The one thing my mom knew about the movie was the um, entire murder of the five families with the... Is, is the finale? Yeah, so, yeah that, it and I renounce him. Yeah. I wish out of all the things in that movie, she didn't have to know watching it. Like, that's the one thing. I know. My uh, my big Luca Brasi re- revelation was that probably until ooh, ten or so years ago, I thought his name was Lou Cabrazzi, um because I'd never watched it with the captions on. I don't know anyone named Luca. And so I just let his name, and like Lou Cabrazzi sounds like an it Italian does, guy. Yeah. And then I probably <laughs> 10 years ago watched it with like the captions on and was like, oh, Luca Brasi. Oh, okay. Um, I wish Nick wouldn't laugh so silently because he was laughing <laughs> so hard, but as an audio podcast, no one will ever know how hard he was laughing. I was like, completely sincere. Even even now, I hear it in my head. I'm like, yeah, Lou Cabrazzi. It's Lou. Just, yeah, Lou. Oh, poor Lou. Oh, no. Uh, the, <laughs> I know. The, the Cabrazzi family is going to be devastated. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed very reasonable. Um, although now... I like in the past ten years I have gone on to know like a weird number of people who have had children named Luca. So now and of course Pixar's the, now the, famous yeah, Pixar Luca. Movie, so uh, apparently it's not as obscure of a name as I thought it was. Yeah. My friends have a dog named Luca. They oh. named him after uh the area. It's with two C's, uh, named after the area in Italy. Oh, so not named after Luca Brasi. No. no. Oh, would have been a good story though. That's a good name for a dog, Luca Brasi. I was gonna say that yeah, seriously. So and so who, I was gonna say we should oh, point we should point out the reason why all these people are coming to um, talk to Vito is that a Sicilian yes, cannot the, refuse a request on the day of his daughter's wedding. A reasonable yeah. request. An unreasonable request. Fair enough. Yeah. So Connie's getting married. Who we like barely meet Connie at her own wedding. We meet everyone else, but we really only see her when she says hi to Johnny Fontaine. Yeah. Johnny. So we don't get, yeah. Yeah, we we learn a little bit more about her and her uh, fucking horrible oh marriage later. Yeah, bad. Bad marriage. Um, oh, question about Carlo, just because I'll, I'll forget to ask it later. I wonder if it's the same question I have. Oh. <laughs> well, so he, I mean, like, he, I guess maybe one, they just love Connie. And so I was like, how are they letting him, they're letting her marry this guy who they know is no good. Because from minute one, Vito's like, oh, no, he... We don't have, because like Tom's like, oh, should we bring in your new son-in-law? And he was like, no, no, no. He, he does not get involved with anything. Uh, money only. Keep him on the outside. Um, he in also, a movie with murders. Yeah. Like, they don't the worst him. people in the world. Like, gangsters. Yeah. Fucking Carlo is the worst. Yeah. And they he throws around a lot of, like, Italian slurs. Like, he calls, mm-hmm. like, and so I'm like, but aren't, is he Italian? But I guess maybe he's not, like, Italian immigrant. Like, I wasn't sure what his, because the actor seems to be Italian-American, but I could not figure out what his, like, role I, was in the community. Yeah. That's my okay. reading of it anyway, is that maybe he's, like, Italian, but he's not like the son of an immigrant. More, yeah, more generations in America, and so he feels like he's better than them or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the vibe I get. Again. Yeah. Bad guy. Carlo. I yeah. hate him. Oh my god. Yeah. No, he's a He's the he's the literal worst. I mean, even like yeah. all the murderers in the five families, you're just like, well, that's that's business or whatever. But he's yeah. like ratting out his own it's strictly family business. and what Carlo's doing is personal. It, it <clears throat> is, and it's gross. Yeah. So, my question about Carlo and we're skipping way ahead. Yeah, sorry. But obviously he uh sells sells out the family. Mm-hmm. Sunny. When do we th- 
Yeah, yeah. Sonny specifically. When do we think he turned? Is it because... Is it when Sonny beats him up? That's what I always assumed. That's what I always assumed too, but there's a line that... And I forget what the the quote is exactly. I should have brought your book down here so I would have access to the (laughs) entire screenplay. Um, But it, it sort of sounds like perhaps, or at least one reading of the way Michael says, like, you sold out Santino, um, is that maybe he was, uh, like, drafted by the Barzini family to even, Ooh, like, like to get involved. Like, yeah, maybe like, he maybe married this is, this, is, this is a long con. He, and there's nothing, like, in the text of the movie that really supports that, but... He just doesn't strike me as smart enough for that. <laughs> personally that's yeah absolutely but more that just barzini exploited sort of they got oh, this okay, dumb okay, guy yeah. in the family weird question it, but if we're if we're on this topic yeah. when do you think tessio and when do you think Polly also turn i think tessio turned like at the very end like i think mm-hmm. when he sent tweet because they kind of say when they're i yeah we're, they want to start this is the most wanna, out of order we've ever own. gone but i yeah. don't care it's the godfather it's, uh, yeah, it's the godfather everyone but, knows what happens so because they um tom has that he line. dies in the garden yeah yeah spoiler alert um, what yeah when so tom has this line after so uh Vito says whoever comes to you about the meeting is going to be the um, who is the one who betrayed you? And it's it's so heartbreaking when it's Tessio. When Tessio comes to set up the yeah, meeting, yeah. you're just like, no, mm-hmm. Tessio, no. And and when Michael tells Tom, yeah, Tessio just approached me at the meeting, and Tom's reaction is like, huh, I always thought it would be Clemenza. Yeah, <laughs> and, so it's kind of funny because I kind of like that's how I felt watching it. Like when you're when, at least for the first time I watched the movie, I remember thinking, oh. Clemenza, oh, I think he's going to betray them in the end. He's like a so, bit of a hard ass, and he's definitely more of the violent one of the two. Yeah, yeah, and Tessio's just like seems like a quiet, you know, quote unquote, as nice as this. Yeah, we know, we see him. Capo guy can be. We see him like in the first scenes of the movie, dancing with like a little girl exactly. with her yeah. shoes and, on his big right. feet. And, and Michael's response to to Tom when he says, "I thought it would be uh, Clemenza," is Tessio. This is the smart move, and Tessio yep. is always the smart one. So that's why I think. Mm. It wasn't that like Tessio like necessarily wanted to turn on them, but it's like when he sensed the weakness and when Vito when the Don died. died. Yeah, yeah, when he died, he's mm-hmm. like, I got okay, I'm gonna I gotta flip because the because yeah. he didn't have faith that Michael could do what Michael did uh, to take back over. Well, yeah. I did want to mention there's this really great part where um, it's this, it's the scene where uh, Clemens and Tessio are saying they want to start their own family and they're like, mm-hmm. ask Michael and. Or the Don says, like, ask Michael, he's like, once we go to Vegas, this can be your turf, then you can set up your family. Um, the Don goes over to Tessio and Clemens and says, do you have faith in my decision? Do you have my loyalty? And Clemens goes, yes, Godfather. And Tessio does not respond. Mm. Mm. So you think he was more, like, looking out for his own interests? I don't, I don't know. But, like, I, I think there's, that's, like, um, Coppola's hit, hint that at I least it's Clemenza and not Tessio that's going to happen. Yeah, and as as far as Polly goes, they have that line where it's like, oh, he's out sick again, and it's like, oh, he's been sick all winter. Yeah, yeah, they, they kind of so they up. kind of show that you know who who knows what he might have just been like a rat, like he may have just yeah, very yeah. early on decided to double cross them because they're like, yeah, he's been gone a lot lately. Oh, Polly, can we talk mm-hmm. about how De Niro was supposed to be Polly? That is what wild. And then only, at least according, if Wikipedia can believe, only didn't take that role because he was able to jump ship and take a bigger role in a movie that Pacino left to come yeah. make The Godfather instead. Oh, so. and had to pay MGM mm-hmm. for breaking result, his contract. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank God, though, because if, if 
De Niro had been Polly, we wouldn't have had Godfather 2 or would have had someone else as Vito in Godfather 2. So yeah. that's right. wild you, you to contemplate. You, if, if, I think you can cast like Warren Beatty or Dustin Hoffman or someone else as Michael. You cannot have a different Vito in part yeah. two than yeah. De Niro. Yeah, uh, that's probably did, true. Did you guys see who the other person that was up that was like really, really high up with Brando as supposed to play Vito in this movie? I don't remember. Oh, oh Ernest Borgnine? Yes. Yeah, what Ernest Borgnine. What yeah. the fuck? It would have been a different movie. <laughs> it would have been a different vibe. <laughs> yeah. I, I, absolutely not. And I love Ernest Borgnine. He is a fantastic actor. But I, no. yeah, um, yeah. It just would have been different. No. I mean, no, no, but like, but no one else would have played this role the way Brando did. I mean, the mm-hmm. dumb, obvious understatement. Yeah, but, but, but like, like <laughs> they said that like George C. Scott was considered, and it's like, sure, yes, I could see. I George could see George C. C. Scott. Yeah, would have been like, di- would have been different, but I could see it. Yeah, but not Borgnine, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, huh. what? Uh, Coppola wanted Lawrence Olivier apparently, and Olivier oh. and his agent were like, no. It's like, Sure, everyone wants Lawrence Olivier to be yeah, in their movie. Yeah. I guess it's like might as well. Well, that was the thing. He, wa- he just wanted the best actor, and right, there weren't best actor and best Italian actor of that age. It just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Nobody was known so clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even Brando, they, I mean, he's aged up pretty significantly, right? Yes. Like, yeah, he's he's in his late forties during this. Yeah. Yeah, every time. And I've seen, like, the videos and stuff of the makeup or, like, the pictures that show the progression of how they actually, like, made him into it. And it's funny to remember that, right, that's not actually what uh, Marlon Brando looked like in 1972. <laughs> he wasn't uh, in The Godfather. Yeah. yeah. Great makeup artist. Uh, mm-hmm. The guy that did The Exorcist. Um, and oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah seriously. Cool. This was the movie that he pioneered um, the use of caro syrup as blood. Um, oh, mm-hmm. sure. Really nice There's guy. Yeah. Plenty of that. Yeah. That's cool. And so you can tell, too, like when they started out, they there was a prosthetic tooth thing to make the jowls. Um, right. and, it, and in the first scene, it's a little too pronounced. So it's a little much. he's like gradually over the course of the shooting to filing it down. Uh-huh. So. Okay. I. I thought about that this time yeah. more so than normal where I'm like, his face is getting skinnier. And like part of it is like after he's been shot and he's recuperating and it's like, Oh, someone would be skinnier in that situation. And so mm-hmm. it, it sort of works. Yeah. But I, I remember thinking like, it's weird that he kind of looks better like as he's getting older and sicker. <laughs> sicker yeah. And I think, and I think it is just that they, they worked out the issue with the sort of yeah. intense jowls. Yeah. So talking about him getting shot, though, that was one moment my mom didn't know anything about. She was like, wait, he got shot? I was like, yeah. And then he, like, curls over on the ground. Fred is all crying. He's like, is, is he, he dead? dead? <laughs> it looks like he's dead. Like, when he really does shot look like and everything. He's a Can you believe Fredo just sits there? Like, I can't. Oh. Well, Fredo just is well, well, like I, I, I absolutely can't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was yes, my note this time you. where I, I literally just wrote, like, JFC Fredo. Like, what, what are we? Fredo. Yeah. Get like, it together. Fredo. I mean, that's the yeah. entire, like, but that was my entire note for that scene. It was just. That, that's my entire hell? note for most of the things about Fredo. Fredo does. Yeah. yeah. Although, yeah. well, what, like, what we know about Fredo at that point in the movie, um, 
is really that he's the drunk guy who's really weird at the wedding. Right. He's so he, like, weird. Is really drunk, gets in Kay's face uncomfortably. This is my brother, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> this is my brother, Mike. <laughs> it's like, okay. God, it's like, thank you for so introducing him, Kay. He's, he's so good in this he's movie. So and like, oh, God. And especially, I love, I'm wildly out of order, but I love everything he does in Vegas. Like, yes. performance-wise. I cannot wait to get to Vegas. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Well, he, and that actor, I mean, he was in six movies. They were all yeah. nominated for Best Picture. Yep, and then he and died way won? too young. 3-1, yeah. Godfather 2, Godfather two. Dog Day, Deer Hunter. The Conversation. The Conversation. Okay, so we'll five. I yeah. mean, who's got is a that, better is, filmography than that? I, I think it might. Just, I think it might be just those five. Yeah, nobody. He's in like one other like short film or something. But okay. I think it's Godfather, Godfather Two, The Conversation, Dog Day Afternoon. Um, yeah. Deer Hunter. Deer, Deer Hunter. Hunter. Deer yeah. Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he was. I, he was with Meryl Streep. They lived yeah. together. Yeah. They were. I, I never were... knew that until like a month or two ago. Oh, that's right. I for, we, we were, yeah, talking we were talking about, about it. And yeah, I like. Yeah, and I like messaged you guys like, what the. Yeah, that is, yeah, like a couple months ago, Dylan learned about uh, Meryl Streep and John Cazale, and uh, yeah, it's, it's very sad. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Oh, I, 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 by the way, Nick, I, I can hear your screaming child now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> which, which is fine, as long as your kid's okay. Yeah. He'll be fine. Huh? Nelly's, are, Nelly's around. Well, I'm part Okay. I <laughs> don't like Dustin Hoffman, I will say that. Yeah, yeah, no, seems, seems like he's not a nice guy. Yeah. 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 So who else do we who else do we meet at the uh, at the wedding? I'm I'm building up to like the most important meetings that we yeah. have. Yeah, I mean everyone, uh, even you know Enzo who appears yeah, much he, later, and um, yeah, Enzo, the FBI guys. Um, the yeah, FBI yeah. So guys, we we meet Johnny Fontaine, S- Sonny. Um, like the things that we know about Sonny is basically that he's got a short fuse with the uh, FBI guys, like mm-hmm. he breaks their camera and throws money on the ground. I love that. Like, it's a great move. It just he doesn't give a shit about the money. He just wants to break stuff and it'll get away with it's it. It's just a hothead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then he's also impulsive uh with regards to uh his marital uh infilo- he's, infidelities. He's not at very a subtle his with his affairs. Yeah. yeah. He'll he'll just like openly proposition a bridesmaid and then walk off with her with his wife sitting like ten feet away. Mm-hmm. And there was an amazing note in Jenny's. Or oh, are you about to bring this up, Jenny? You do it. <laughs> what? Ah! Uh, but there's this amazing note. So, in, during production of that scene, Coppola had to take the day off because he had to go to the hospital because Sofia Coppola was born. Oh, sure. And if she you remember shows in up? Godfather 3, the person that uh, Sonny has with that bridesmaid because they fuck in that scene mm-hmm. is the character played yeah, by Sophia Coppola. Or oh, no, uh, by, I, I thought, no, no so, Sophia's Garcia. his daughter. Andy Garcia is the oh, one yeah, that yeah, becomes sorry, but the, Andy Garcia would, yeah. Is the, like, half, you know. See, this is why I can't do it, Jenny. Bastard child. <laughs> um, and then, but then we do see Sophia Coppola in this movie. Yeah. She's yeah. in all three. She's the, I think she's a, the only one. Or... It's in all three. I mean, then... No, that's not right. Pacino. Al Pacino. Say Al Pacino. Um, but yeah, she's she yeah, she's a little tiny baby at the end. Because I had I had sort of wondered is about she that when she's she's she so she small. Is she just one of the kids in that movie? She one of Michael's kids, maybe. She is. I just don't be. remember who she plays. 
Yeah, because I had wondered in the because she, she is obviously like a a basically newborn baby in the christening scene. I'm like, okay, she must have been born during production of this movie. Yes, <laughs> she's so small. Very cute. Very cute. And then, um, like all of the people that we're meeting at the wedding is basically filtered through Michael introducing mm-hmm. them to Kay. It's which such is a good a nice, structure. It's yeah, such fantastic. a smart move. Yeah. Perfect way to do exposition where you're literally introducing mm-hmm. someone to this world. Um, and I really like just from like a costuming point of view, everyone is in suits and Michael is the only one dressed in like his army. He's in his uniform. Yeah. And I, as uh, Jenny had pointed out previously, Kay's in this, in her red dress and it like really, and she has her like big straw hat and she looks really nice, but, but like, you can, she just sticks they, out like nobody yeah, both else. Both of them, both of them stick out like a sore Yeah, thumb they look like they're at a different yeah. wedding. The <laughs> costume design on Kay is impeccable. There's yeah. the scene where she goes to visit the house to ask where Michael is, oh. and she is in this bright red dress Same, and they, red hat. Yep. And she's walking into this place where everyone is just black, mm-hmm. slick hair, yep. and it's just like, Kay, don't you don't belong here. Yeah. Out. I, I like that they. I like that they returned to sort of that red dress as a motif, like at the wedding, and then both, so like both times she sort of yeah. shows up as an interloper. It really mm-hmm. pops. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. And she's so blonde and everything. Yeah. Um. So, then sort of the next plotting point really is that um, Johnny Fontaine, who's the Godfather's godson, is a um, sort of uh, Sinatra type. No. Singer. <laughs> Sinatra adjacent. Try, yeah, trying to jump from singing to acting. And he's being turned down for a role that would definitely make him a star because he wouldn't even need to act in it. So they send Tom mm-hmm. to California to talk to Waltz, who is the head of the studio. T- to, um, to make him an offer. He won't yeah, be able to, to refuse. <laughs> so he could be a big uh, star. <laughs> played by uh, John Marley, who... Just- is great play, play, played is too small a word for what he does as Jack Wolf. He's well, so good. And he's he's in Faces by Cassavetes, and he's uh, similarly as a uh, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. say not subtle in that movie as he is in this one. Dude just like goes all out, and I love it. He has fun, you know. I'll give him credit for that. My favorite interchange in the movie, and I I can't say it because there's too many slurs, is his whole like. <laughs> I love it. You smooth talking son of a bitch, and then goes into all the Italian things, <laughs> right. and he's and then uh, deadpan I, Duval I love, goes, "I'm German Irish." I'm, I'm so German. Like, so then he just Mick. throws, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I I noted that too. I love that I exchange love that. so much. Yeah, I, like, love Tom's... I got a slur no matter who you are. It's fine. Oh, I, I, I got it. T- I love Tom's face during the dinner scene where he's like going off on all the slurs again, and Tom's just like eating his food. Yeah, it's like. Okay, you, you want to be all angry? That's fine. Thank you oh, for a great. lovely evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I just have to be a nerd and say that uh, uh, where that was shot was Harold Lloyd's estate. Yes, I have that. I have that oh, written that's down. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Incredible. And and we meet Khartoum, the his Khartoum. his beautiful beautiful Khartoum. horse. <laughs> Not Brief long for this world. Head. Yeah, with a beautiful. That is so like upsetting every time i like yep. it's one thing like it's it's like the horse's head in the bed it's like the cliche for mafia intimidation and it is although my my question every time and maybe this is just because i'm a very light sleeper like how, how do they do how, it how, how do they pull it off how was this accomplished it's like a magic trick 
the the well, one thing about that scene that stops it from being like barf level grotesque mm-hmm. is as soon as you see the horse head it cuts back to Jack Waltz again screaming like an scream. overacting menace he's just screaming yeah because <laughs> it is yeah it is oh, an impressive uh, piece of work there with the, the horse head and the blood yeah. and everything and it's a real the way it's filmed too is fantastic like the way he sort of uncovers himself with the blanket where yeah, you see all this blood and you don't know if it's his and he doesn't yeah. even know if it's his. Right. Like, we know how, because it's incredibly iconic, and we've all seen this movie a million times, that it's the horse head. But the first time you see it, it's like, oh, my God, what do they do to this guy? And you're never thinking that there is a horse head at the foot of the bed, yeah. because no. that's a crazy thing to, <laughs> to happen. That, that's, yeah. A real horse head. Um, oh. Yeah. From the uh, processing plant. Not maybe not the same one from uh, Gates of Hell. I was going to say our, our buddy, our buddy at the rendering plant. <laughs> yeah, the rendering <laughs> plant. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Um, when we talk about incredible editing, that scene, the way they like slowly cut out of the uh, house as, uh, what's what's the actor's name that plays Jack Waltz? John Marley. He just overacting, screaming, and they're just like sort of like die it dies away as it cuts away it's just and i love the transition to um to brando's face because it's just him like the juxtaposition of him screaming to brando just sitting there silent and then he just he does this little thing with his eyebrows where it's just like yep i did it (laughs) i don't know i kind of question the overacting part i mean it's forceful but how many times do you see a man scream in a movie? Right. Like, that's what, what really is stands, our bar for that? That's what really stands yeah, out about true. it. Because he's having such an emotional I reaction. I watched a movie called The Human Condition this week. Um, Did you now? A lot of screaming. Like, okay. intense amounts of screaming in that movie. But, like, I, so <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Not in, like, Hollywood movies, maybe, yeah, so sure. often. You're not used to, you know, you're you're used to your, your, your Connies, your Talia Shires, maybe, uh, mm-hmm. you know, screaming. Yeah. Um, but less so when you see a, a man that upset about something. It really, For like... A man, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah, I would, I would scream, too. Um, I think that's the right reaction in that scenario. Mm-hmm. So, with Tom back in town, they go to meet this guy named Salazzo, who's a narcotics dealer. The Turk. Yep. He's he's already in with the Tatalias, but he knows that he needs the Corleone family behind him because it's not about money, but about police protection and political power. Um, Sonny and Tom are both interested for those reasons. Uh, or, or, or are interested in giving him the support because basically it's a lot of money. There's a lot of money in that white powder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they don't do it, someone else will. Right, yeah. yeah. So if if they don't do it, they're going to lose their police and political power. Right, because, yeah, everyone else will just get all the money and then they can just push them out. And in the meeting, Vito does what I think we know is bad from like a cutthroat Machiavellian mafia planning type view but he does what I think people would agree is the morally right choice. doing the honorable thing yeah. Um, So that leads to him having an assassination attempt. Uh, 
I, on him. I do, Not much. Yeah. So I do really like that scene, though, um, like with with Salazar and like the way I think Marlon Brando in that scene, I think it's one of his best, how he sort of listens carefully and does the like, I'm, I'm going to refuse you, but I'm going to explain to you why. And like you said, yeah. you, you know, strategically he's making a mistake, um, but it's, ugh, it it's really, just it, so well conveyed. It plays like a scene out of Shark Tank. <laughs> Pretty much. It's he's like, just like, okay, I understand you, your proposition, unfortunately. My offer unfortunately. is a million dollars at 30% equity. <laughs> right. But it's yeah. also about establishing the family rules, too. Yeah, yeah. I love mm-hmm. the way they use Sonny in that scene, especially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But, which, it, but you're, yeah, to your point, Nick, it, it leads directly into the assassination attempt because Salazzo and Tatalia basically, like, they know that Sonny would say yes. And they know that Tom knows it's the right idea. So they basically are like, okay, so it's just Vito who's the impediment. So let's just mm-hmm. get him out of the equation and we can get what we want. Yeah. And then, um, that he makes a second major mistake by saying to Luca Brasi, go try to form an alliance with the Tatalias. And I think, like, the Tatalias are going to be like, what, Luca Brasi's going to switch sides? Yeah. Like, they don't. really lost it at that point. They, they, uh, they they don't, yeah. (laughs) They never thought that was going to happen. Yeah, Yeah, they don't fall for that. Yeah, you get, you get to take Brasi out and then you get an easy hit at Vito and it's over. Um, I, I Especially do. like what Tom's what Tom says is that uh, like I'll be, I might be able to talk Sonny down, but I'm never going to be able to talk down Luca Brasi. Right, that, which is why they knew it's like he's yeah he was never going to he's the most loyal person uh, mm-hmm, yeah. to the Don. So yeah, I will say like I, I do have to note this all takes place at Christmas. By the way, yes, so, oh, yeah, Godfather Christmas, Christmas movie because um, uh, it's all like beautiful, sort of like at night and winter and the lights, and then of course uh, so all the bad things happen. <laughs> and they go Christmas like, shopping. They, they go Christmas shopping, and then Michael has to learn from the evening edition of a newspaper. Oh, I know. That is horrible. Well, and so, and Sonny keeps being like, where were you? Where were you? And they were in a movie. They went to see the Bells of St. Mary's, apparently, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is why he couldn't be reached. But I'm like, man, I know there used to be evening editions of newspapers that, like, bro- broke breaking news that fast. But it's wild that that could have gotten into print before that anyone quickly. got a hold of Michael to let him know his father had been shot. Like, crazy. How long is The Bells of St. Mary's? Is that a, like a four-hour? Maybe. I know. Is it Godfather length? <laughs> I, 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 don't think I don't think I've told this story before, but I, uh, I took some sort of like uh, writing, creative writing class in college, and we read a piece where um, the person in the story talked about their like grandmother dropping them off at the theaters to see Ben-Hur, um, and it was some story about their family. And the professor asked, like, you know, is this an important detail? Like, why do you think it's important that the sto- the um, movie they went to see was Ben-Hur? And I was the only person in the class. I was like, that movie's, like, four hours long. Like, the point is that they were, like, leaving their kids <laughs> in a theater for a long time. <laughs> um, but I do not think that The Bells of St. Mary's uh, it's two is, hours a, is a Ben-Hur epic. Oh, okay. I haven't seen yeah. it. Neither have I. Yeah, neither have I. Liam McCary. Good movie, yeah. good director. Yeah. yeah. Um, from this is a note from your book, Jenny. But the movie that was actually playing at the time in that theater was not a movie from like the '40s with Ingrid Bergman. It was Elaine May's A New Leaf. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny! Like that's what was actually playing in 1972. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, a favorite of 
mine and soon to be a favorite of yours once you guys watch it. Wow. Mm-hmm. I do um, I do like something that I have encountered from time to time if I go somewhere and something's being filmed. When you see like a, you know, I'll drive by somewhere and there'll be a marquee that is showing like some like, you know, it's like really old movie that wouldn't be playing and I'm like oh that's fun something must be filming there yeah Yeah. they're they're filming something because why is that movie from like yeah 1937 on that uh, marquee that's always fun so uh, Michael finds out by the newspaper he calls home he uh, shows up to the hospital to to visit his dad who's been shot and when he gets there everyone's gone is this the best scene in the movie it's what like one of the best scenes scene. in the movie. It's fascinating. It's, it's it very is, good, but I it is say it. it is like to me it just sticks out because it's it's like it's it's like a little mini horror movie yeah. mm-hmm. in the middle of this bigger yeah. epic. It's like this little mini thriller plot when he has to show up and take action and get the nurse on his side and like it's it's shot like a horror movie every time he goes around a corner and yeah. it's empty and it's empty. And <laughs> just the score. Like yeah, and the music. Plink. Yeah. Plink. Oh, I love the music in that entire sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does, like, also um, sort of play out as, like, a bit of a comedy, which a lot of horror movies have. Like, when they're, like, shimmying the dawn yeah. down the hallway, I always find that very humorous. Or, like, when uh, Pacino goes over to the bed and, like, puts his arms, like, as long as it is, and then kind of, like, walks over to the door and is, like... To, like, figure yeah, out okay, logistic-wise? Yeah. But it, it, it's a pretty terrifying scene when you're just, like, okay, is Enzo, like, in on it? And then you're, and, like, oh, whoa, no. he isn't. Okay, good. En- Enzo steps up. Oh, poor, poor scared guy. Poor but, oh, my God. I, I am Enzo. I am Enzo. He's like, I'm Enzo, the baker. And you're, like, oh, The baker. Okay, the baker. Well, because even the way it's shot when he first shows up, yeah, you do think, and he's carrying the flowers, you think, and you're yeah, like, you oh, think it's he's the first here, coming, yeah, he's, he's coming to it's kill over. Him, and then, yeah, and then, no, and Michael has him just role-play as a bodyguard. Mm. Like, and it does up. a really good job of Michael immediately knows something's wrong in what that means okay. and how to take care of it, and it's all within seconds he figures everything out and how to how to solve it, how to save his father's life and then we see the same thing like with him and enzo outside mm-hmm. they don't have guns nope. but they're able to scare off and you yeah. see him take note when he lights enzo's cigarette and enzo's hand is shaking mm-hmm. and he looks mm-hmm. at his own hand and sees and it's that it's not and, it's, yeah. and he and you see on his face like huh yeah, the, the, my note. At, yeah, my note at this scene is like, this is what radicalizes Michael. Like, this is what's yeah. like literally in this moment where he's just like, oh, okay, I'm in it now. And like, mm-hmm. he eventually says to his father, like, I'm, I'm with, with you, and I'm that that's you. where he sort of verbalizes it. One of the but best I do lines think it's, I do think it's in that moment when he's like lighting the lighter, where it's like, oh, this is when he realizes to himself that this is going to be this. his life now. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question for you guys about uh, that line, actually, that mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned, Jana, that where he says to Vito, I'm with you now. And we yeah. see Vito crying a little bit. Yeah. he. Why do you think he's crying? Well, he doesn't want Michael to be mm-hmm. with him. I mean, it's the same. He has a very, it's the same thing as when, I'm jumping ahead again, but when they, when Sonny and Tom have to tell him that Michael's the one who killed Salazzo and he like mm-hmm. gets them devastated. out of the room because he's devastated again it's not it's not what he wanted for Michael as he'll say many times <laughs> later mm-hmm. on but my I, guess is that it's bittersweet like I on the so. one he, hand he I, 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 on it, but he also yeah. knows that Michael would be the would best be at it, it. Yeah. and Michael is clearly his favorite 
yeah. it's like it's like a, it's like a little smile like also while it, yeah it, it's yeah it, it, yeah, it makes him like so proud and so happy that like his son's mm-hmm. doing this and caring for him and at the same time he's like he knows it's a tragedy Fuck. ultimately yeah, yeah. yeah. And he did just save his life again. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he kind of, yeah, Which, good thing. That's got to be good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it might not be what he wanted for Michael, but if Michael hadn't shown up and, mm-hmm. you know, improved some problem solving here, then he wouldn't be alive. Yeah. So McCluskey shows up. Yes. By, Sorry. Uh, favorite, show favorite. Show favorite. Sterling, Sterling Hayden. Hayden. Sterling Hayden. Oh. It doesn't he's matter. He's in our Twitter. He's in our Twitter bio. Even. He even sure is. We love Sterling Hayden. Um, I do too. Oh my God. Let so me good. read you real quick what our bio says. Okay. It's okay. not for. Um, what does are? It's not. It's like it's. It's not family friendly. Um, Podcast discussing the film of Roger Ebert's great movies oh. collection with hosts Dylan, Jana, and Nick, representative for Sterling Hayden, the pullout king. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he will not give them his essence. <laughs> oh my God, Sterling Hayden. Uh, yeah, it's weird that this was the very first thing I ever saw him in, obviously, and then it wasn't until like years and years uh, later. I, I actually saw. saw Nine to Five first, so. Oh, oh sure. I, Strange, I think Strange Love was my first Sterling. You saw Strange Love first. Oh, I saw, yeah. and then Look you just you. saw him, Nick, in um, Long Goodbye. Dylan. Or sorry, Dylan. Sorry, yeah, Dylan just saw him in Long. He's Goodbye. very good in Long Goodbye. Oh, he's great. And he's Goodbye. got a beard. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he sure does. Is Long uh, Goodbye on Ebert's list? Nope. It's on his second book. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in, not his first one, alas. Okay. Um, but it but it is in his second book of great movies because ugh, good movie. There's this story. One day in shooting, he like wandered off and fell asleep, and then kids were throwing <laughs> rocks at him. I I don't know. There's something about him that's so. He's super eccentric. Yeah. Well, like Jenny mentioned in her in her book, with one of the notes was um, Sterling Hayden only ate like. Pure natural foods. Natural foods, and I was like, "Oh my god, he's literally the guy in Doctor Strange." Yeah, <laughs> weird guy. Yeah. Um. So my my notes for for this next like maybe ten minute stretch of the movie are almost non-existent because I was just watching. It, oh, watching the movie. yeah. Actually, like go, watching. Can we Michael go back Plan just and, for a second? Because I want to yeah. mention a just a piece of uh like an uh an image motif. Which is when they actually kill Polly, and the Statue of Liberty is in the background. And I think okay. this scene where like they're killing this man, betraying them, one of their own, while the Statue of Liberty is in the background, and on the other side of the uh, the frame. Uh, and the drive after the driving himself. shot. Yeah. And, yeah. and <laughs> even like the waving waving grain, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So America. I, I noticed that this time too. It really stood out. This is one of my least favorite words in all of film criticism, but the mise-en-scene of that uh, yeah. part was excellent. Well, and because the, <laughs> the, the Statue of Liberty is, like, so small in the background, but, like, because of the way it's shot, it's it feels so And prominent. everything else is just brown. Exactly. That's the other thing, yeah, is that everything else is so brown. Um, I also just wanted to mention, I, I really like in this sequence, the, the we're backing up a little bit, the use of Tom as the hostage, how basically they grab... Tom and mm. you know basically when they say what the deal is that they want to make and he tells them you know what are you worried about if I wanted to kill you you'd be dead already um, and then my the other note there when um, 
you know, basically like letting him know, you know, you're not part of the muscle. Like it's just, it's, you know, it's yeah, a lot yeah. of the, this is not, this is just business. Like, you know, we'll, we'll let you go. Um, it's the same thing when they set up the meeting with Michael, they say he, he, they're not going to hurt him because they know he's a civilian. Right. He's a civilian. Exactly. Which is how they're able to. It's how they get the drop on him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really like, it's the same thing that they do at the end of the movie. Like nobody's expecting him to go this hard. Mm hmm. So he gets away. He gets away with murdering heads of the five families, and he gets away with murdering uh, Salazzo McCluskey because he's underestimated. Why would? Yeah, yeah. Why would they think that he, the civilian would do this? So yeah. why? Well, I might be jumping ahead, but why is why do they ask for the meeting with Michael as opposed to Sonny? I think just because they think he's more rational, right? Yeah, and he's not going to like lose his head temper? or try to hit them. Yeah, but isn't like, the assumption that Sonny will be more on board like with the, their plan? The, def- the head, yeah, or too. The, the de facto head. Yeah, of the yeah. no, that I mean that he basically starts acting like it. Like he basically is operating while his dad is incapacitated as yeah. the head. So mm-hmm. I mean, it has to be either that they're they are worried about his temper, um, right? Or or maybe they think they can like exploit. Mike, like they, they, they obviously underestimate Michael. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, um, if they don't know he's going to show up and kill him, but it, it is kind of interesting that they just won't deal with Sunny and they want to go through. Yeah. Michael. Well, I mean, if like we we know what happens, but if you assume that um, Michael really is just a war hero, civilian type who's not going to be. Um, doing anything like this extreme then going with michael probably is the safest bet because sunny for sure if they have that meaning is going to try to do something yeah and michael does something but it works because you never expect michael to do that sort of thing Mm -hmm. that's what i mean that's what i think but i do like your your point does make sense that sunny seems to be like he would be the acting don while Vito recovers Mm mm-hmm yeah, I do. Or like, if or if Vito doesn't recover, which yeah, is yeah. sort of Salazzo's plan in the first place, is that right. Sonny would be the one he makes a deal with. And exactly. they drag it out for like twenty minutes about whether or not he's actually going to make it for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because there's that line where it's like he was shot five times and he survived, and it's like, yeah, that that is kind of surprising. <laughs> that he, yeah. he lived. Plus, Fredo's just looking at him for a exactly. Good... Yeah. Plus, yeah. Fredo's just Fucking sitting there. Fre- oh, I remembered what I wanted to say. Um... So there's this incredible note that Jenny has in the book, which is that oranges will always tell you when there's someone that's about to die. Mm-hmm. And so um, in that one, Fredo, or no, uh, the Vito's holding oranges and they fall. At the cart, yeah. Um, what were some of the other ones? Well, he's, uh, in the, he's in the orange grove at the end with the orange yeah. peel in his mouth and his yeah, grandson and, he, and everything. And then yeah. uh, Tatalia and Barzini have oranges in front of them at the meeting of the families. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of them. Mm. I was just like, I want to go back and rewatch it now that I read that. It was like, <laughs> trying to find all the oranges. Yeah, That's an awesome of, note, Jenny. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, fun imagery with stuff like that when you go back and, and rewatch it. So yeah, so, Michael's plan. It's a good plan. Yeah, it's a good plan. I I don't like it's a minor scene, um, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But I really loved on this rewatch uh, the scenes with Clemenza and Michael. Yeah. Oh, together. That's, they're, they're so good. I mean, the scene with with him making the sauce, like or Make, making yeah. the it's 
it's amazing. I love that scene so much. Michael, why don't you tell her? I love, I love her. her. Yeah. I love her. Well, and it's, it's so funny. I like because... that all three of us went for that line. Almost yeah. the exact oh, it's, same it's the best. Um, and we I, use it all the time. I really. Yes. Well, and it's just so funny because it's how obvious Michael's being where like, you know, he's trying right. to be, like play it so cool in the phone. And Clemenza immediately was like, obviously she was saying, I love you. And you were like refusing to say it back. Um, yeah, that, that's another scene with Kay that's, like, rough when she's like, why won't you tell me you love me? And I'm just like, Kay, he's, he's obviously got a lot going on right now. <laughs> like, maybe maybe this conversation can wait. I don't know. Yeah. And what's, oh, what's okay. sad is there was some kind of falling out between Coppola and uh, Richard Castellano. Richard Castellano. And he's oh, really? not in Godfather 2, right? Yep. Right. He was... What's so the, the Frankie... Yeah, Frankie Five Angels was supposed to be um, the the Clemenza uh, narrative in, uh. in part two, uh. and I I know that part of um, the actor uh, Castellano's objection to being in two was that he didn't think that his character would be a rat. Which, oh, yeah, God. he was annoyed. I don't, by I don't know if yeah, I don't know if that was the only reason that he he didn't agree. Um, I think and, there was also a and his falling out com- component. Yes. I'm sure. Uh, but I do like that. And it, it sort of goes in line with, um, like, the was it Clemenzo or Tess, Clemenza or Tassio mm-hmm. who, who sells the family out? And you, you just get the sense from, like, these scenes with Michael that he's really, like, an uncle-type figure yeah. to, to Michael. He, he takes care of him, like, teaching him... Uh, like how to use the gun and I love right. the scene where he, he, like, it's like Michael's is the trigger like, too tight because he's like he's not like, squeezing he's the trigger. used to like military weapons where you can fire mm. off multiple rounds yeah. at the same time and he's like oh come on Mikey yeah yeah but when he says uh, you know we were all really proud of you oh, like, it's, yeah. it's like a really sweet yeah. yeah it's a really sweet moment from him so I really appreciated that on this so yeah. as much as I love him watch. as Clemenza I'm I'm definitely glad he wasn't in Godfather Part 2 I think because I think it makes this story more interesting where it's like there's this new person that's like extremely loyal to the Corleone family. Right. And at the end, Michael is still fucked up enough that he'll turn another person loyal to him against mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And so if it was yeah. just Clemenza, it would have kind of been like Yeah. Uh, and I kind of going off of Tessio now. Yeah, and so you've been and you do have obviously young Clemenza and young Vita, you know, so yeah, yeah, you yeah. get you get to spend more time with his character even if you don't get him in the mm-hmm. modern time period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think my favorite scene in the movie is actually the restaurant assassination scene. Um, yeah, very it's good. Just, I remember the first time I saw this and I was so stressed out because you're used to when he doesn't find the gun immediately, mm-hmm. you're used to so many movies, it would be there was a fuck up or right. like the gun disappeared or it was mm-hmm. put in the wrong restaurant or something like that. And this one, it just takes a little bit longer, which is sort of how it would happen. But it would feel like forever and not then finding it and, it and then it when he comes like back forever. and then he's supposed to come out shooting so when he comes mm-hmm. back and sits back down at the table you're like oh no oh he's he messing up. up the plan mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. you're just watching it it feels like it's going wrong uh, well and they, they even the sort of build that up before it where it's like they start turning onto the jersey turnpike you're like oh mm-hmm. shit yeah. and then like yeah, they immediately it? turn around because they think a tail's on them and you're like, like being oh followed, yeah yeah, don't uh, worry, we're we're a step ahead of you there. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a actually very big flaw in their plan that like 
uh, McCluskey has to tell someone where he's going. I guess they just mm-hmm. doesn't occur to them that they would have somebody on the inside at the police station. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's, it's a pretty big flaw in your we're going to a secret location plan to have one of your main people have to go on record with where they're going to be during that time period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's a, there, that whole scene is a buildup where like there's like, you're like, is it going to happen? And then they're like, it sort of pulls back and it's like, well, we're still going. It is awesome. Um, I will say, backing up very quickly, I really like, I, I, I really like all the planning stuff. I like the like the Chinese food dinner they have. It's like the night before. Oh yeah, about that. Yeah, it has the and and um, Sunny talking about the importance of making sure that they get the location right and they get the gun planted correctly because he doesn't want his brother walking out of that toilet with just his dick in his hand. Yes, <laughs> just uh, yes. Sunny. Uh, Sunny has his uh, he has his weaknesses, but it's, uh, he's he's not terrible. Um, he's fun. That part. He's fun. Yeah. He's the funniest of oh, the, oh, God. He's the Corleone so, kids. Oh, I, I love James Caan. And, like, that, too, is, like, a very, like, that part is, like, the most James Caan, like, to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I uh, love it. I, I've, I've heard complaints about James Caan's performance in this movie, but I really like it. That's I think crazy talk. Yeah. I think it's yeah. fantastic. I think it's perfect for his, his character. Like Those yeah. complaints are wrong. Yeah. That I mean. It's, I mean, I know. It's like, any of the compl- it's like any of the complaints you could have about like someone being over the top. And it's like, but I, I think that the character, it would be an over the top person in real life. Like, I don't think that the performance, mm. like it feels real to me that like, that's, that's how Sonny would behave. Like he would just be like a loud mouth, like brash guy. Uh, and I think he lived how he died. He died. Yeah. How I was going to say, died, lived how he died, died how he lived. Yeah. Um, but Oh, Nick, do you want to talk about uh, some of the sound work that comes in on the diner scene? Yes. Oh, yeah, with the train. And Doesn't it, like, replicate to you, like, when you've had moments, like, deer-in-the-headlight moments? I I feel like that sound is so... uh, I mean, it's evocative, but it, it just brings me to that place, that emotional... Yeah, so, like, a... A scary place of like exactly uh, when you're like just extremely about stressed public speak yeah. or you know whatever mm-hmm. yeah and everything's kind of like rumbly and yeah it's another thing too like you sort of see it in michael's eyes where he hears the train t- to quote uh johnny cash he hears the train coming mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he he sort of you like you can see the gears turning in his head where he's like oh if i wait a few seconds longer I can do this as the train is at its loudest Mm -hmm. and it'll be like the best, the best time to, Mm -hmm. to do this. Um, and I love the, uh, the mist of blood that comes off Salazzo's head. I I actually, I don't think he was being strategic. I think he, you don't, I think it's, it's like when I played softball and I would always take the first ball. It didn't matter if it was a strike or a ball. <laughs> you think it, you, know, you think it's panic? You think it's panic yeah, or, or I do. Maybe not panic, well, but a mild. Yeah, and when he, uh, the speaking of like the all the makeup effects and everything, but when he shoots McCluskey like in the throat right in the and then in the head, and you're and he's just like, oh, it is, it's super like it's gross without being gory like it's very very memorable and it's like graphic without it being like over the top disgusting but still yeah. it's like and, right in the neck and something about how he had been eating veal the whole time yeah. like that kind of adds and he to has the... that uh 
Um, is the little thing, the, like the napkin. <laughs> yeah, it has like the napkin all tucked in. <laughs> in his neck, uh, yeah. Oh. oh my god. Oh, so very quickly before, I just have a note that came up in this section before, because after this sort of flips into a whole different section of the movie, um, mm-hmm. there is a line talking about how Sonny needs to get reined in because he's going to go to the mattresses, which like mm-hmm. is an expression, right? About like when you go all out, but then there's all these yeah. references to how they have to get a bunch of mattresses no. <laughs> because of all the guards they're going to need. Is that connected or is that like just something I, I don't, I, a reference I don't get? I guess I don't know it as a reference to going all out. I think it actually is about in these like, gang wars, you would gang, gang wars. physically okay. get mattresses and sit on the I've, ground and yeah. I've I'd always heard it as like if someone is really like if things are really intense, they're going to the mattresses, which it must come from this. And so when they had actual mm-hmm. mattresses for all of the soldiers who showed up, I was like, oh, literal mattresses. Okay. Yeah, I'm okay. guessing. Yeah, I'm guessing that's right. That it came the from origin the of the story. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, it was, it was something I learned literally today. Had never uh, put that together in all my times watching this. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're getting all those mattresses. That's they're cool. all sitting on mattresses. They're sitting on, well, you've got to bring in, I guess you got to put them somewhere. Yeah. So Michael uh, runs off to Sicily to hide. Sure does. And, I don't know, he gets married. <laughs> there, there's <laughs> some, there's, there's a, the, I like the scene. <sighs> I like the scene where he first meets Apollonia's the dad and he's like talking yeah. to him in, in English and the guys are translating like that's and he has the line about, you know, I'm going to tell you who I am and that's very valuable mm-hmm. information. But if you told anybody, then your daughter would lose a father instead of gaining a husband. And you're like, Jesus, Michael. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's not waste. does not waste a second. Yeah. It's so it fast. Is, he does. I mean, he does a great job of charming him. Just like shows a shows respect instead of coming in talking about how his daughter's hot like the other dudes are yeah 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 and, and they have the the supervised time together when he's like don't worry mm-hmm. and so like every every time they're alone together it's like don't worry we have a uh, plenty of chaperones yeah it sounds like a wretched first date i've got to yeah say. seems bad oh but <laughs> It's so sweet with the old Italian women behind them. and It is. I mean, yeah. I don't know. He's it's going by fashion. the book. He's doing right. what he's supposed to be doing. He's give, bringing yeah. the gifts. He's being different. He's not he's, talking he's, to her directly. He's courting. Like, yeah. It's like tr- mm-hmm. super old-fashioned courting. Yeah. I guess you're right. Yeah, it worked out. Being right. in it would not be as fun. But. <laughs> yeah, I would not want to do that in uh, 2021. She, she, you know, she so is very pretty, though. Yeah. Um, Still and then real back, real. yeah, she's very I, young. I should get over it. Yeah, yeah back stateside, uh, Sonny makes a visit to Connie and sees that Carlo has beaten her up. Like, so really um, beaten her up. Oh, yeah. yeah, it yeah. cuts. It's yeah, bad. it's it's this it's is, always jarring when it cuts back to that from like when everything's nice in Sicily, and then it yeah cuts back to poor Connie. Well, and this is partly why I just think he's an idiot. Like. Who's gonna? It's even if you're gonna do that, aren't you gonna do it in a way that doesn't isn't quite so showy? It's I've never been able to understand that. I mean, it's just like you said, he just has to be a complete idiot because it's like she's the daughter the, of she's a the mafia daughter boss. and the sister. Like mm-hmm. you think you're gonna get away with just beating her up? Like how do you think you're gonna? I mean, I know people fly into tempers and they don't do these things rash, you know, rationally. But it's like, how did you ever think? Like of all the people of all. Nobody should abuse anybody in their lives, but of all the people mm-hmm. to not abuse, maybe not the 
woman who's related to all of the high-powered mafia people. But you do see a little bit, and that sounds like I'm sort of starting to defend him, and I'm not. Uh, Nick's, Nick's going to do some victim blaming. Hang on tight. Yeah. No, I'm not even going to joke. <laughs> I know, uh, sorry. No, she, there's a scene where um, Sonny starts to, like, be a dick to yeah. Carlo, talking to, like, being rude to um, Connie at dinner. Mm-hmm. And the mom says, Santino, don't intervene. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So really, other than other than Sonny, you get the sense that Carlo probably would get away with it. It's just that Sonny's not going to suffer that. Right. Oh, yeah. When he says when because uh, Carlo calls Connie like stupid or something and he's like, don't mm-hmm. talk to my sister that way. And yeah. yeah. But yeah, apparently it, the 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 other members of the family would say, oh, that's their business. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. And like her reaction to Sonny finding out about it uh, is it tells you a lot about who Sunny is because she's like, Oh, it's my fault. Like, right. please don't, please don't do anything about it. Cause she knows that right. Sonny might accidentally murder him. Right. Just by beating the shit out of him with a trash can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that scene is very intense. Um, yeah, it is tough to watch. Uh, we do get though, um, because I brought up a Christmas reference. We do get a baseball reference when um, when Carlos sitting there <laughs> um, before Sonny comes out to beat him up, and he starts talking about placing bets on the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Um, and throws around some more slurs at the uh, people who are with him on the street. Um, but yeah, is a is a ref- quick reference to the Yankees before uh, the trash can beating starts. Well, and it mm-hmm. it almost looks like Sonny throws a bat at him, but it might just yeah, be a piece I think. Of wood. Yeah, I was going to say, he's throwing everything he can get his hands on at him at that point. Biting his fingers. So, uh, I, I know this is kind of jumping ahead, and, but we referenced it earlier. So, Carlo Carlo sets up Sonny, right? Whether it's because of this mm-hmm. or he was planning it longer, he ends up setting up Sonny to be killed. So, does that mean by setting him up, he, like, purposefully... I mean, because the fight <laughs> with... It doesn't seem like he set out to beat up Connie in that moment... Um, just to get Sonny to come the over time. there the second time, yeah, yeah, yeah. When when he does come over, um, so I, I, but maybe he just knew Car. I guess he knew Connie had called Sonny, and so that he was on his way and could tip off the people. I'm just not sure how he set that plan in motion. Yeah, I think in the Ebert review he alludes to um, his take on it is that the woman who called that Connie picks up the phone oh. and freaks out about. Is Did he say that is real... part of it? Okay, because I had I had that note too. I was like, how bad can you be at having an affair where a woman calls your house, a woman mm-hmm. answers, oh, tell him I can't make it later. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no self-respecting affair having mistress like would have no. gone yeah. down that road. Like what? Yeah. So it may, that would make so much more sense. So if we're that, and it seems so yeah, obvious. That could be if you know that's like the plan. Yeah, then... yeah that, that could be his plan. At the same time, that does seem like sort of a convoluted way for um, like an, up, yeah. a, an abuser to need to, like, does he really need an excuse to... Does he need to provoke her into starting a fight with him so that, yeah, it's, yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, he's a piece of shit either way, I don't think. Uh, yeah. But... Interesting, sorry. <laughs> I, I, just, I just wondered. <laughs> yeah, so we do know that at... At some point along the way, he sets up Sonny. Uh-huh. So Sonny is going there to probably murder Carlo. Uh, yeah, he doesn't seem to have... At least he, beat the crap out of him. Just stepping back, he, he will, maybe... Sorry. It is true that Michael says 
that farce of you and my sister. Yeah. Th- oh, that's yeah. that that was the phrase that I couldn't think of earlier okay. when I was like, is was their whole relationship oh, setting? That's up the line he get... uses at the end, that farce of you and my That does seem like a lot of like it, yeah, their relationship had to have been you, way before they knew yeah. that you could Vito interpret would turn it. Down. You could interpret it, I think, more broadly, and just that you never loved her and you just married her yeah. for the power, even if it yeah. wasn't to That's intentionally I, to do a long con yeah. to betray. But like, eh, you you just wanted in on this world in one way or the other, and that's and, why the relationship was. And full. you don't think it could mean the farce was that day that it got set oh. up? Interesting, like that that whole thing was a farce and that's what caused the... Oh, interesting. Yeah, it could. It could. I mean, that seems to be Ebert's reading of it, too. Oh, okay. It's hard hard to go against him. Um, I will say we cut... sort of in between the, the first and second altercations with Sonny and Carlo is when they it cuts back to Sicily for uh, for the wedding and wedding night. <laughs> so we get oh, we get yeah. Michael and Apollonia's wedding and wedding night in between the two uh, Sonny Carlo right. uh, situation scenes. scenes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and that's also when we get Kay our uh, previously discussed scene of Kay oh, showing yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, by the way, legal corner. I don't think that Tom simply accepting the letter would be stone cold proof that he knew where Michael was. He, he's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think someone's brother being like, sure, I'll hang on to that in case he gets in touch. He's like, I can't, I can't accept that letter from you. A court of law would take that as evidence. Okay, okay, Tom, you just, I, I think what it really is is he just, he's just, he just, he just, he just needs Kay gone. Yeah. Yeah. Before he's so he nice, of, though. He, like, so, brings her into the house. Uh, I know. Yeah, he, like, well, cause she, yeah, because she's like, my taxi's gone. I need to call a new taxi. And he's like, okay. Yeah, as opposed to Sonny, who, when Michael's leaving town, where he's like, and I'll get in touch with that nice girlfriend of yours at some point when I think the time is right. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> Poor Kay. Just, she should have ran. She should have just turned tail and ran at so many points. Yeah. Before we move on from this section, I do want to mention one of my favorite cuts in this movie, and it's from the scene where um uh shit what's his name what's the asshole carlo carlo uh yeah where carlo is beating up um talia shire and Mm -hmm. she's like screaming and it cuts to the phone where the mom is talking to talia shire and the baby Baby is screaming screaming. it's it's an incredible like sound and visual cut and that's what's able to sort of set off that really high emotional stakes that uh, Sonny goes off to be made into Swiss cheese. Yeah, and the mom can't gets... really even hear her because of the baby yeah. screaming. It, it's, it is really well done. Yeah. 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 So Sonny goes to rescue Connie slash beat her husband to a bloody pulp and he gets uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. He Very sure... Much so. With a few, okay. a few more bullets, though. So, right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess this is kind of a goofy comment or question, but, like, that's entirely about sending a message, right? They, 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 they realized it was overkill to maybe bring out six machine guns and just riddle him with bullets. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it was, well, it, it was a- entirely sending a message. I mean, they, they maybe want to show Vito, potentially, how they massacred his boy. Yeah, they spent five not successfully killing Vito, so <laughs> yeah, they're like, maybe they just wanted to make sure. That's true. I can't run that risk again. Yeah. Um, so I I love the scene where uh, Tom has to tell oh. 
veto what happens. My, and he says, why don't you tell me what everybody uh, else yes, already whatever knows? Whatever else seems to know. Conciliary of mine. Yeah. Tell the Don what everyone else seems to know. I know. And, and I do like, when, like, I didn't tell Mama. And it's like, oh, God. When he says they shot Sonny on the causeway, when he says the word shot, you can hear, like, his voice mm-hmm. tremble. But it's it's like he's trying incredibly hard not to right because then when the way he says like he's dead they, they shot something mm-hmm. and you can he, yeah you yeah. can hear him like wanting to break <sighs> down and cry and he's just holding it together <sighs> yeah. uh it's just such incredible it's like my Cause, my favorite cause then, like, line of dialogue of all of robert duvall's career yeah. it's so good because <laughs> well, and then you know after you know he has to break this news to Vito, and then when Vito's standing up and you know says i want no acts of vengeance i want this war to be mm-hmm. over and then like he hugs tom because he knows that tom is obviously like he like has gives him a moment of comfort which is mm-hmm. he and he yeah. and, uh sunny and tom seem like arguably the closest quote unquote yeah. brothers of the entire uh I, family i had a note that just in my notes that was literally just like sunny and tom with like a little heart next to it yeah seriously so yeah. many scenes like where it's the two of them, especially early on, like right after Vito is shot the first time, when Michael's like still kind of on the outside, when it's just like the two of them, like they're the brain trust, they're the guys who are gonna like hold this family together, and Michael's there too, and they want to take care of him, but they're, and you can tell it's been like the two of them together, mm-hmm. sort of rising mm-hmm. through the family, and oh, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and anyway, then, uh... they massacred his boy. Yeah, they massacred his boy, and then they also um, massacre. They try to massacre Michael with a car bomb. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. It doesn't. It doesn't work. The guy who uh, sets up the car bomb does it in a ver- like just completely incompetent. Yeah. Way. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. He but he confirmed that Michael was going to be in the car, just Michael. Yep, and unfortunately, mm. Apollonia wanted to uh, show too, off her driving skills. I know she was a little too. Uh, it's just like let their guard person. down. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say just they yeah. thought we could just have a fun time, and it's like no, you can't. So Vito right, has a meeting. Yeah, Vito has a meeting with, and they never even wait, hear wait, wait, about. Wait, like this, this is the last meeting, we hear about Apollonia. I want to say real quickly, like how great is the screenplay that it decides to go from that very first scene at the beginning with Bonacera where it's I, like you're gonna owe me a favor yeah. mm-hmm. and you don't expect the favor to be like you need to make sure my son you need right. to do a good job okay. has yeah. literal holes every inch of his body and he wants you need to make him to clean him up for his mom yeah well because especially like they refer to Bonacera at the beginning when he's like that undertaker kind of like mm-hmm. you know despite what that mm-hmm. undertaker thinks of me you know we're not murderers and so then at the end of the scene with Tom when he's like, I need you to call. Like, we need to call Buenasera now. And you're just like, oh, God. Yeah, you, you, it, yeah, I had the same thought, Dylan. Like, it's such a perfectly constructed screenplay that it doesn't occur to you that the favor they're going to have to call in is actually going to be Undertaker-related. Like, yeah. a professional favor. Ugh, do your best. Mm-hmm. Ugh, sad. But anyway, yes, then the meeting. Which, th- this is my favorite scene of the movie. Ah. ah. Interesting. So Vito calls a meeting of the five families, the Barzinis, the Corleones, the Tatalias, and the other two. Okay, I, I was actually going to ask if anyone could name all five families. Cuneo? 
is one or something. Yeah, yeah, Cunio. I literally only remember because I'm thinking of the scene when uh, Michael tells Carlo that they're all dead S- and he recites all Stratchy. of their names. Stracci. So yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that, that's what I was like. He recites all of their names. Uh, actually, I think. Well, actually, I'm gonna save that for the massacre. Anyway, sorry, the meeting scene. Okay, so uh, basically, um, Bruno Italia is dead. Sonny Corleone is dead. Vito wants to call a, a peace between like this gang war that's been going on because he wants Michael to be able to come back safely. Yeah. And everyone seems to go along with it, um, at least for the time being. Michael does come back, come back. safely. Um, but during that meeting, of course, and we don't see anything too like on the nose about this, mm-hmm. but Vito himself figures out that the bad guys, the big bads, are not Tatalia. It was Barzini all along. It was Barzini all along. Tatalia's a pimp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is Brando's best scene in the whole movie. Um, I think it really like shows his power without. Uh, him having to act really weird, like he kind of has to do at the wedding scenes. Um, he has a great line about uh, how he's going to blame some of these people in the room if he, yeah. he finds himself getting struck mm. by a bolt of lightning. Oh, yeah. Um, and That I will not forgive. That I'll not forgive. Um, he, he also, I feel like, and maybe this is related to sort of what we were talking about earlier with dialing back some of the makeup and things, He's a lot more subtle in this scene and frankly yes. in this and I, final I, section of the movie mm-hmm. than compared to that opening scene where it is like very it's, it's, sort of... He's fun in the opening scene. Oh, he's great. But... He's super fun and mm-hmm. it's sort of the part that everyone references, but it is a much subtler, quieter... And it's it could be something about how it was filmed or the makeup or it could... And it probably is. I'm probably not giving Marlon Brando a good actor enough credit <laughs> to show that just... Now he's just beaten down, right? Yeah, like yeah. he doesn't have the bravado. He's lost... His, his son. son and son and like what yeah. is it so he just he does just want it to be all over and he's still smart and canny and powerful but he just doesn't he's not going to be bothered to put on a show really i do like the the way the the meeting wraps up is him and philip Italia hugging each other like they've both mm-hmm. lost yeah. like the oh, it's so good. to no, their, right, to yeah, their they family hit, sunny like, hit to Italia, yeah mm-hmm. i i also think as again this is a story of america and I think that's more explicit in part two, and that's why I like part two more. But there's this great stuff where um, Barzini is, like, trying to, like, negotiate. And one of the lines he says, like, after all, we are not communists. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that yeah. is so of this era of who these people are. Well, it's all, um, yeah, this post-war, like, the rise of capitalism. And, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, there's uh, so many references to, like, it's, you know... It's not the one like it's 1946. People don't want violence or bloodshed anymore. You know, there's just mm-hmm. yeah a lot of references to post-war attitudes. Mm-hmm. And it's also like um, there's the one guy, and I think it's it might be Quano who is like um, we need to have drugs on the streets to continue operating our stuff, but we will find we won't give it to the kids. Mm-hmm. He says we'll give it to the colored animals. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, this is really setting up what America is to be in the next 50 years to now to Mm -hmm. ever is like these people in power making backroom deals and sort of like declaring them 
America the way they want it to be. Mm-hmm. And um, I also love, and I think the reason why um, Vito realizes that Barzini is a thing is like, he's like, we all need to share a piece of the pie and like, you're going to start giving us some of your politicians and they notice that Vito is still very reluctant about the drugs and he's like, yeah, they're going to get rid of us. Yeah. I, so much happens in this scene, that both from a plot and a thematic aspect that I just absolutely love it. It's good. Great stuff. So after that meeting, Michael's able to come back. He's back for like a year, goes and grabs Kay, marries her. The time somehow. time starts getting real, real fast and loose mm-hmm. in this like final Seriously. section. Because he's been back longer than a year. Mary's and Kay. Then Next like time they have like two kids. Old. Yeah, including yeah. like, yeah, like a two or three year old. Um, so the, just things are, they're, they're happening. If there's one major problem I have with this movie, and I've said it a long time ago before on this podcast, is it's sort of like starting the Apollonia scene up until now. The pacing of this movie just really kind of loses a step. Um, I think Apollonia takes a lot of like the energy out of the movie. And I think I wish like the Apollonia section was like just an own movie separated from The Godfather because sure. I think it's good. Like get but it I, out I, of your I, system just... and yeah, let's finish yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, and um, like and then the, there's this section like after once he gets back, where it's just like okay, where is time going? Yeah, and um, I yeah. always feel really lost in this end of second act leading to the third act of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't I can't really argue with that. I when I first watched the movie when I was younger like I just, I just hated the Sicily stuff and the Apollonia stuff like I just I, I wished it wasn't in there at all um, over the t- over time I've grown to really appreciate it and like mm-hmm. that it's there but I do think it does kind of stop you're so invested in what's happening with the family and the power dynamics the and then it is a swerve um, and I can see I, I totally get why it's there um, and I like mm-hmm. it way more than I used to like it but it's it's tough from a momentum standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. But um, she needs to die yeah. f- as a motivation for him. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. he's, he's there's, really got to get. There's reasons why it's there, and like I know it's in the book, so like you yeah. can't really. And like, like he's do yeah, something he's completely different with the movie, but he's got to well, get tougher and more hardened, and he's got to be you know more committed to a family life and all that. What do you say, Jenny? Well, I was just going to say there are parts of the book that are completely gone. Thank goodness. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the the stuff. Yeah, if you go sort of look into and read about the stuff that they took out. Um, yeah. They, they made, paragraphs they made some upon paragraphs going. about talking about Sonny's yep. junk. <laughs> that's, that's always the reference. It's like, yeah. Well, at least. But it's they, shocking uh, if you read it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, wow. <laughs> It's like super pulpy, yeah. Although there is, it, I thought about that this time because there's a scene back in the original, in, in, the, in the opening, the wedding scene, where Sonny's wife, Sandra, um, is like at a table talking to before he leaves. And she starts, yeah, she's doing uh, this with her, like, not a visual medium, like holding her hands like a few inches apart and then making it bigger and bigger and everyone's eyes are getting wider. And so I wonder if that's like a winking reference to... I've always assumed it was, and I've always thought it was, yeah, I've always thought it was weird that, like, oh, the wife is saying that about her husband? Especially like, her, the, the wife wedding? who seems to pro- already know that he's a, a yeah. philanderer. Um, yeah, just, I, I think it's just a weird thing for her to talk about. It is. About. I think it just has to be a winking nod to yeah. that element of the book, which is yeah. hilarious. <laughs> 
So uh, the goings-on with the Corleone family during the uh, few years after Michael is back is basically Barzini is getting more powerful. Uh Um, He's horning in on the Clemenza and Tessio territories, and they want to break off. He says, you can't after we go to Vegas. We got some Vegas stuff going on. Carlo's getting in the fold now. Yeah, so what is the the change, like... Why is that decision made to start letting Carlo? Is it just because they're getting desperate? Uh, and so that's why they're letting Carlo get in? Or what's the. No, they're the never desperate. There I, just, I was going to say, they're never desperate, yeah. right? It's, it just I, feels like a miss. I don't I know. I think it's in two where Michael has the line, keep your friends close, okay. but your enemies closer. So I think control. it's that sort of. Yeah, that's yeah. where That makes sense. Thinking. And uh, I sort of feel like all along he knows he's going to. Well. He's biding his time. He's biding his time. He's going to off Carlo. He had to wait. Yeah. He has to wait. For the yeah. plan to come together for the Godfather. Yeah. And he knows, because he also knows what Connie's inevitable reaction will be and, and ends mm-hmm. up being. Well, and I A think, reasonable reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Even though he was a monster. But, but, oh, he's yeah, the worst, but like, it's still yeah, like, oh, my partner was murdered right. yeah. by my or, brother. Right, and and the, it's around this time too where the decision is made for poor, poor, that poor Tom is apparently not a wartime consigliere, yeah. and gets you're out, Tom. It's I, so brutal, yeah. isn't it? It's so I am brutal. So it's so mad. So br- it makes me so mad every time. Yeah, I because I love Tom so much. It's like he has done everything for this family, and like I think they. It's sort of supposed to mean like you're too good for what we're going to be doing, but that's still that's insulting. Like they and don't, yeah, that's how well, I Well, or they yeah. don't want to implicate him. Right. right. Yeah, that, that, right. I, I don't think it's meant to be disrespectful, but it's still, but he, can't feel great. He sure is <laughs> brusque one point, about it. I mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At one point he does say, um, I need a wartime consigliere. Yeah, exactly. And which Tom is just not. not. No. He's a good lawyer, but which is why we which is why we like Tom. Exactly. Probably, yeah. yeah. So we fly we off to, to Vegas? Uh, Las Vegas, Vegas Nevada, baby. And we see we get to see Fredo again. It's been a minute since we've seen Fredo. The with a new look. Fredo walks on screen. It's just with, like with a great look. What are you doing, man? Yeah. I love it. I love his fashion. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, hanging out with Mo Green. And I got to say, uh, I mean, so this was the only actor who talked to me for the book, uh, Alex oh, Rocco. Really? Yes, and oh, he so cool. was delightful. And he just oh, absolutely so loved the fact that he was in this movie. He loved whenever anybody came up to him and was like, you know, I was getting my bones doing cheerleaders, or back when you were doing cheerleaders. <laughs> back when you were dating cheerleaders. Um, he oh. loved it when people would bother him with that. So he, oh, he was that's just, so awesome. I have a soft spot in my heart for for Mo Green, absolutely. I, Who's since I, passed I'm away? Also, but. I know. I, Mo Green is great. He's so phenomenal in this role. Um, and it, then I, I have a sentimental connection to him too because he's also, um, as Dylan probably remembers, he's in That Thing You Do, uh, mm-hmm. the Tom Hanks movie. He uh, plays his, this character, Saul Seiler, who is like the the head of the record. He's like a brusque head of a record you know record company exploiting the band and everything and it's like a very similar vibe mm. um and he kind of just comes in and he's all brash and he won't listen to anybody and it's, it's a very funny like comedic role it makes me so happy to hear that he was a good dude yeah and he was joe's father was, on the facts of life 
which oh, is yeah. before any of your time, but before my time. But I, I have seen. I, don't know I have that. seen. Okay, well, I've at least seen episodes in syndication when I was a kid. But uh, I've heard the name. Okay, all right, that's something. He's also Roger Myers Jr., um, who is like the guy who runs the Itchy and Scratchy Studios in The Simpsons. Oh, cool. Oh. He had a lot of good parts. That's awesome. It's a great role. It's just like a scummy, sort of like the, the Waltz type of The Simpsons universe. Yeah. And although he plays a Jew, he's actually Italian. Oh, that's so fu- yeah, that's so funny. There's a there's a lot of sort of interchangeable. Maybe uh, you're, him, you're gen- and, him and James Con could have right. exactly. I was like, you guys are generic. <laughs> you are generically ethnic. We'll just uh, yeah. figure it mm-hmm. out. Oh, you're right, Alessandro Federico Petricone Jr. That's so funny. <laughs> so he uh, Mike wants to buy the. I said Mike. Michael Corleone wants to buy the uh, casino. Mikey. Well, that that's what Mo calls him, Mike. Yeah, yeah. He calls him Mike. Yeah. yeah. He he wants to buy out his shares of the casino and hotel, and basically that'll be like the mob's new uh, legitimate, legitimate, quote unquote, legitimate business operation in Vegas. The way he tosses out the "I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse" is just just perfect, like full Mm -hmm. circle moment for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mo gets pissed. Basically, says that the Barzini's offered him a better deal already, where. You know, he'll still be able to keep part part ownership of the casino. And then um, Mike calls him out on slapping Fredo around, which not that it's right to slap anybody around, but he at least <laughs> should have been talked to sternly for banging cocktail waitresses two at two a time on. While, on the, while on the job. Patrons couldn't well, get their drinks. It's funny. <laughs> It's funny to me, it almost mirrors, like, the way that Fredo reacts to that almost mirrors Connie. Con- yeah, yeah, he has, yeah. it's a it's a very similar, like, taking the side of the, the abuser, abuser kind of mm-hmm. thing, yeah. Against the family. Yeah. Against the family. Never, never do that. Fredo was warned. He was warned. Yep. And spoiler alert, doesn't listen. Yeah. So, speaking of being warned, the Don warns Michael... Um, a couple times that mm-hmm. at some point a meeting will be set up yeah. and he will be asked to meet with someone he trusts in the Barzinis and at that meeting he'll be assassinated yep. um, Vito then uh, I think it's the next scene after he says that I think it's the next scene we see him in is the scene that he dies yeah, it's in basically the, the last like sort of yeah so, scene that he has wait, in that conversation just we, one we gotta note. quickly yeah. yeah you go Jenny uh, about the scene between Michael mm-hmm. and Don Corleone, which is really... Yeah, we got to talk about that scene. Yeah, it's the only extended scene between the two of them. It's actually um, was... They called in Robert Town to write it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As sort of an emergency. I mean, I think at this yeah. point, Coppola was just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so it was written in one night and um, really sort of establishes their relationship. And... Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so well done and you know my mother right now has Alzheimer's and and the way he kept going back to that idea like articulating things swirling in his head I just mm-hmm. thought was so um, realistic and and well done 
Yeah, I, I think this is Marlon Brando's best scene for me. Like, this yeah, is what yeah, this sticks is out one. to me is his best uh, best performance. Yeah, for, for that reason, Jenny, that you articulated, which is it's this, like I said, it's the only extended scene between the two of them. And he plays the, the balancing between someone who is so canny and so powerful, but who is sort of being ravaged by time and his health and, every, you know, because there's, there's all these references to, like, everyone knows he's losing a step and, like, he can play that, but while still making, you, you still see like the dawn in there. Um, yeah, it it's such a good scene. Yeah, and he does like going back to um, the scene in the hospital where he says, "I'm with you now." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is where the dawn says to him, "I never wanted this for you." Right. Yeah, like yeah. he wanted him to be a senator. Yeah, or something. yeah he like says, that. "I knew, I knew Santino would go through this. I knew Tom would go through this, but I never." wanted this for you yeah yeah it's so sad Um, and the whole i had assumed you know that line uh, puppet on a string um i had assumed that the artwork of Mm -hmm. the you know that came from that line but actually it's the other way around where town got it from really that was on the book yeah Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I had that same thought because I, when I bought like the Godfather collection on iTunes to watch <laughs> these movies, that you know it's prominently featured with the like the marionette iconography, and so that's mm-hmm. really interesting that they incorporated that into the script. That's cool. Yeah, yeah good scene. Sad. Great scene. We see him uh, playing with his grandson and i do like and we we didn't ever talk about uh, one of my favorite lines in the movie is in the beginning when he slaps mm-hmm. johnny fontaine or is it that scene where yeah. he says uh you gotta spend time about spending time with your family, family. Mm-hmm. i think it's without, that yeah. doesn't yeah. spend time with his family it's not a man not it's, a it's man. never a real man yeah. yeah uh the last thing we see him do is playing with his grandson mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting how he does you know after, after he's been through so much and he was almost gunned down in the street and like he gets to Die happily in a garden with it's his the grandson. Best way a man like, him could like die. yeah, just sort of yeah. peacefully at, at home. And he's he's been through so much, and it's kind of interesting that he gets this sort of peaceful, happy ending. Which I guess you know a lot of these a lot of powerful criminal types do. Um, yeah, yeah. We're talking about Rumsfeld. Yes, exactly. That was the, <laughs> the Donald Rumsfeld reference. Um, but no, in so okay, the the little squirting thing. Is that water or is that like pesticide for the? <laughs> I always wonder the same thing. I always thought it was pesticide, know. but then there is a line this time where he's. I think the but it's from the little boy. I think where he's like, "Can I water over there?" And, he, and then they like set it on the table, and I'm like, "Is that poison? Like, what are you doing with the little squirter?" Um, but I, I one thing I liked about the scene this time is it feels because I'm assuming it was very much like Marlon Brando just like playing with a little kid. Like that, yeah, that little kid doesn't know he's acting. Too. He's he's just running around the having whole, a fun like, time, putting the orange in the mouth, and then you he like starts to cry. Exactly, exactly. It's like scaring the little kid, and then having to tell him it's okay. Um, yeah, felt very very genuine. If you guys have an orange slice, everyone does that, right? Everyone does the Godfather mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. In the mouth. The... Make, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if you eat a bugle, you got to do wish finger. <laughs> Dylan is looking at us like he has no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Honestly, I'm just getting a lot of notifications right now. I was going to say, are you watching? The, what you're doing is you're watching the soccer match. I, I can't really watch it right now, but I'm like getting a lot. Ugh, I, can't watch, I can't watch it either. It's so boring. <laughs> no, but I, I mean, kind of relating to Godfather, Italy is in the final right now. And uh, they, they are. Very, I, I, very much rooting for Italy to beat. I'm outing myself as having checked Twitter during the podcast, but I saw you tweet about Italy during the podcast. I did. So I did I'm tweet calling about you Italy. out. Well, I saw they scored and I was really happy. <laughs> I've had a I've had a, a drafted tweet that I've just been saving because I know it's gonna like set you and some other mutuals off just deriding soccer, um, oh but I haven't I can't wait. I haven't posted I haven't posted it yet just because I'm trying to wait for like maximum like piss Will, everybody off. Will's fave and retweet. Um, oh, but it's so it's tied. Yeah, Benucci scored in like the 70th minute to okay. even the game, and now it's going to extras. That's why I was getting a bunch of notifications at like. Got you. Okay. All right, let's We're go back to talking time. about fictional Italians. <laughs> Real Italians. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Vito's funeral, yeah. uh, Michael is approached by Tessio. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. He's the traitor. Like, and after, like, there's, like, the parade. So, like, there's the parade of mourners. Yeah. And then that appear to just be, like, family and associates. And then, like, they're paused. So, like, the five family guys can kind of walk up and do a very dramatic paying of their respects and then also and then also kind of like give a head nod to michael that is like oh yikes um (laughs) they're they are yeah it's a very aggressive move um at somebody's funeral Mm -hmm. um yeah i think it's rude to do it at the funeral yeah they 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 weren't wasting any time yeah so yeah tessio says oh the meeting will be on on my ground it'll be safe it's not gonna be safe tessio you fucking liar yeah they cast Abe Vigoda in this movie so perfectly because he, he, he even has the face of, like, a sweet old man. Yeah, and he has the saddest face and the saddest eyes. Like, And if so you watch happens, him at the wedding, he's so... Mm-hmm. He looks like he's actually having a really good time. Like, yeah. he's just yeah. lovely, you know? Ugh. So to, to have Abe Vigoda be, like, the one that's going to murder Michael. Mm-hmm. To be fair, kind of wish he murdered Michael because Michael sucks. But that's <laughs> a whole that. other thing. He's only 51 in that movie. I know. That, Abe that's Vigoda? The, hence, hence the whole Abe Vigoda is dead meme, because Abe Vigoda yeah. lived to be 95, and I think people thought he was 75 in this movie, but he's like 50, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my Very, God. Um, he just always yeah. looked the Wilford same. Wilford Brimley. Yeah, he's just yeah, one of those Wilford guys. Wilford Brimley-esque. Yeah, exactly. Hit middle-aged and just looked the same for, like, 50 years. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Connie's baby is baptized right and connie played. had asked had to go through um k to ask michael to be the mm-hmm. godfather because apparently yep. she was too scared to ask michael herself to for him yeah. to be the godfather to little michael um played by sophia coppola Woo! go self yeah playing pl- pl- play little michael um sophia although... coppola best known for writing section two of new york stories <laughs> yes best known <laughs> I actually did not know she did that. I didn't know that. It's not very, it's not very good. She wrote it when she was like twelve. It isn't okay. very good. Also, it's, no, I just it's, have it's to. Quite bad. I just have to point out Diane Keaton obviously does not have many, much experience holding a baby because that infant's head is oh, flopping head around. Head is fl- I, I, I thought know, that like, too this time. On, like, oh, hold God, that someone, neck. <laughs> yeah. So if you know one thing about a baby, it's usually to support its, support its yeah. neck. But oh well. 
So the baby gets baptized, and in my notes I just wrote, baptism of Connie's baby, people get killed. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I, I, I have a question about this scene, which is, what is your favorite of the Ooh. assassinations? Uh, I have a couple... Um, uh, I have like uh, three contenders, basically. But. They're all so good. I good. do. You gotta love. I do like. You gotta love Mo go Green ahead. because of the Eisenstein right. reference. Mo, yeah. 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 Mo Green's is the most iconic. I think yeah. there's a clear worst, and then the other four. Yeah. What's the worst? I, there's one? W- the worst one is uh, Tataglia. Tatalia, because Which he's like in bed. Oh, okay. he's the one who's in bed oh. with the and like a woman. a woman gets shot there too, and it's just yes, like uh, okay. yeah. When you can't I, really I, tell yeah. who it is, I mean, right? I'm, I know. I'm, for, it took it took me to like the watch before this to realize like, oh, that's Tatalia. I'm partial to, and I can't remember who it is that's getting killed, but the one on the steps, Barzini. With the, the, that's Barzini. Barzini. Yeah, with the cop, yeah. with the, when the cop like kneels down and does the like very like dramatic uh, gunshot, and then he goes down the steps. It's that's quite cinematic. I, I like that one a lot. Also feels like, like a reference to Eisenstein, right? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I assume yeah. that's a uh, uh, whatever. Uh, what are they? The steps? Odessa. Help me. The Odessa. The Odessa. Wait, so, so uh, the my question reference. for this scene was, do you know who each of the people getting murdered are? Specifically, which one's Quato and which one's... Um, no. No, no, I, it doesn't matter. Who, yeah. who's, I know which one so, Mo Green kill, is. Yeah, Mo Green is the one that is the most recognizable. And then so, someone's killed in a like a doorway, right? Or a, that's my the favorite. Revolving that's door. my favorite. That's a good one. That's too. my favorite one besides Mo Green because the the look on the the assassin's face is just, <laughs> well, <laughs> that guy's incredible. I love the part of that that one because like Clemenza just like kicks him. <laughs> oh my god, they're they're so. Yeah, I mean they're all good. Other than you said, like other Natalia, that one's no good. But the the rest are all. Je- I mean, Jenny, do you know which one is the elevator and which one is this the the rotating door? I thought uh, the rotating door was Natalia, so I guess I had it wrong anyway. Yeah, I. Oh uh, no, Natalia's in the in the bed. In the yeah, bed. I yeah I always assumed Natalia was in the bed because they because of Natalia's a pimp. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, that's true. They do say that. Good uh, memory. But yeah, the I mean, it's, it's kind of even hard to know what to say about that scene. Like, it's just so well edited, and um, yeah, yeah, it's great. so yeah, and like the contrast between that and the religious motifs yep. and the organ music and what the priest is saying about do you renounce Satan? Yes, oh. and and then and then the way it transitions from that to handle the sort of more personal ones that have to be taken care of, mm-hmm. like ending with Carlo and Tessio who get sort of more drawn out personal like uh yeah <laughs> final final sequences here the ones that are less business like you could let carlo get away with it and it's not really going to hurt the family mm-hmm. um like the family business but it, you, yeah, ha- you had to are... close this loop there's no way they could yeah. let Car- the, M- michael couldn't let carlo go mm-hmm. but so here's and my I, question I, about that so all the five families the leaders are all dead Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why does it matter to know whether it was Tataglia or Barzini who approached Carlo? So I, I wondered the same thing, and the only thing I could think of is that it doesn't really matter what his answer is. It matters that he gives an answer because that way he's sure that somebody got to him. It's his admitting. Yeah. That okay. he's just, yeah. He wants. He wants to sort of hear him say what he did before. I, he I don't think he, he needed to hear that he would admit it. I always thought that was like, 
you know, as long as you tell me you're going to be safe, and it's trying to put Carlo at ease before he kills him. I mean, he's definitely doing that, too. Maybe, yeah. yeah. But I, I I wondered the same thing, like, when he asked, this time, like, when he asked that, like, what does he care? Yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. But, like, Tatalia and Barsinia are both, both got shot. Yeah. So that's the, that's the only, like, but I, I do like watching. Re- I, I do like know. watching Carlo break down uh-huh. in that scene. Yeah. Though I, it's, it's very good acting on his part. The way, like, when Michael starts listing off all of the five families who are dead, and, and his face just crumples and crumples as he mm-hmm. realizes that, like, he bet wrong and uh, <laughs> he lost. Yeah, is, uh, yeah. really good. Um, yeah, and then I also love um, Ivagoda's performance. Uh, so Can you get me up the Tom. Tom? This might oh, be my time favorite sake. scene or favorite yeah. line. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it's delivered, and he's got kind of a hopeful look on his face. And yeah. tell Mike it was only business. I always liked him. Like, ugh. No, can do Sally. Nope. Can't no do can this do one. Sally. Yeah. Sorry, Sally. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, apparently, in the book, it's. Uh, Hagen asks Michael if they could forgive Tessio for, oh. old, for old time's mm. sake. But interesting. I think this is better. I, I like I like I giving it to Tom. Too. Yeah, I, I like yeah. I like having Tom be the one who's like, no, sorry. Oh, yeah. I just oh god, and also just so good when the way that uh, Duval delivers the line when he's like, I'm not going either and takes the step back. And it's just like, yep. mm-hmm. immediately everyone knows what's happening. And I oh. love that Tessio isn't like, I mean, Tessio definitely like begs for his life, but he's right. like, shit. <laughs> he, doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't ever try to deny it. He doesn't try to like make a run, go take, you know, very <laughs> make classy. a run for it or deny anything. Nope. Yeah. He, he didn't get away with it and he was caught. And so, yeah, he asked if he had another chance, but when they say no, he knows that's the end. So, so my mom was asking about this. What do you think is the worst way to die? To be completely surprised and murdered by one of the men, like as one of the five families, or is it worse to be like, oh shit, I'm going to die and I have to get in the car to my death? Yeah, I was, I was wondering about that too, because it is, it's the difference between how they treat uh, Tessio versus how they treat Carlo, right? Like Carlo gets mm-hmm. in the car thinking he's going off to safety, not realizing that Clemenza's behind him and gonna brought him with a wire. I think I it's love a how res- just like, a- Hey, Carlo. <laughs> and then uh, that that scene is upsetting, by the way. But well, yeah. I, I, gr- I think it's rotting in our yeah, movies. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, it's a respect thing. I and so I mean, can you yeah. imagine being Carlo and like feeling this relief and then all of a sudden you have to go through it again? It's like yeah. the realization you're going to die. That that twice. death scene was one of the most upsetting to me when I was younger, just because of like it feels very real and the force of it. And he's kicking out the windshield and you can see how much he's struggling and like, ooh, it is gnarly. It's, it's very tough, but yeah, it is Carlo. I was going to say, but they do give it to yeah. sort of one of the most detestable characters. So <laughs> makes it a little bit better. Yeah. He fights more than Luca. I mean, Wait, right? Yeah. yeah, poor Luca. Yeah, yeah. who goes the same way, but uh, does not. He, he just. Oh God, the way Luca's eyes bulge out, though. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. And to be fair, Luke was also reason, stabbed in the wrist. Yeah, like yeah. the reason uh, Luca couldn't that's fight. Right, was, I forgot they like, stabbed him down. Right. Stabbed into the table. He, he had all kinds of shit going on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. oh my God. Damn. So. Yep. Yep. And then we get our our final fallout scene back at the house yeah so connie uh yells at michael for doing what he did yeah having her husband killed she she's right too yeah i mean she's um, kind of 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because he was a monster, but, you know, she is kind of screaming, like, what about me? Like, you weren't thinking about what this means for my life. And, like, he wasn't, really. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I think he'd say, like, no. That's, that's true. wasn't his priority. Yeah. And then um, Kay asks Michael, uh, did you do all this? Uh, and he says, I'll tell you the truth this, this one, one time. And then you can why? ask me about this. No, he, does, he just says... He, he says you can ask me just this one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh that, yeah. That, that, but the that's, but that's the way funny. he just lies straight into her face is brutal. Like, and the re- the sense of relief on her face, like for a, for like a hot for a second. Hot yeah. Second. yeah. She then, does, she only realizes yeah. it when the guys come into the office and they kiss and his hand. The ring. Yeah. And they start and, close, and, closing the door on her. Like the most iconic. Yeah ending movie shot to me it's like up there with the searchers in terms of like having the the, yeah with having her seeing it from her perspective on the outside as the door shuts to like she's now on the outside of this world is and and i noticed too like him shutting her out is something else that happens not just like he he shuts her out metaphorically throughout their relationship Mm -hmm. but also as soon as um he finds out when they're in new york when he sees the newspaper Mm -hmm. um he goes to the phone booth to, right. to call Sonny, mm-hmm. and he immediately shuts her out yeah. there, too. Anything to do with sort of the family she's mm-hmm. on the outside of. Yeah. Even though, mm-hmm. at the beginning, he insists that she's in the photo, the family photo, it, which I thought was yeah. right. really yeah. presumptuous. Which she doesn't, when she doesn't want to be, she which, shouldn't. like, I'm sure, <laughs> right, I'm sure we've all yeah. been to oh. weddings uh, where, like, there's somebody's, like, girlfriend or boyfriend in the family photos where you're like, oh, that did not last very long, I wish they weren't in that picture, mm-hmm. like. You gotta, like, yeah. Photoshop edit them out. <laughs> right, exactly, there's all, that happens all the time, um, yeah, don't, don't blame her for being like, I don't think this is a good idea, but. Uh, Apollonia sees those pictures <laughs> later when they come back who's going, who's this? Exactly. I, I think Diane Keaton becomes, or gets to be such a better performer when Kay kind of knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah. yeah. And so in this final scene where we start to get a hint of like the performance that's oh, coming in part two. It's her it's best. best yeah, it's her best scene. Absolutely. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll, there's also Fredo gets more to do in part two. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, Totally. Really love the way Cavazale uh, performs. Cavazale, uh, yeah, yeah. Can never yeah. say his name. <laughs> yeah, no, it's. I mean, I I like part two. Um, t- a lot more of it takes place uh, around my neck of the woods. I like everything at the Lake Tahoe house. Um, but yeah, still gorgeous location. And I I'm yep. guessing then you guys are doing that next, right? It has no. to be. In no. The no, that's not. It a is book not in the years. It is it's in book three. Yeah. So Ro- Rogers, Rogers on on the same side as those of us who think part one is uh, the the yeah. better one. He's team part one. Yeah. Wow. Team part two. Yeah. So we're the BFI voters. We didn't talk about the sight and sound list. Oh yeah. But, uh, we're done with the movie. We can go on to that. <laughs> well, let's do um, stars, and then uh, we'll we'll jump into our little draft that we're gonna do. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> Gina. Yes. Thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> well, after much consideration, um, no, it's, it's thumbs up. All right. Dylan? Uh, thumbs up. Jenny? Are you really asking me? <laughs> you got yes. it. You got it. Just, you got to say Just as a formality. Okay, formality. <laughs> All right. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Okay. Okay. Uh, me, thumbs up as well. Gina, how many stars? Four out of four stars. Dylan? Four. Jenny? Four. 
And all four. Yay. Our first unanimous for in a while. Is it? Oh, in a while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not, not, not ever, yeah. But, but first in a while. Um, so the Godfather, for, for this is the sight and sound poll that's uh, nine years old. It's We're due for a new one soon. Yeah. But, um, Godfather Part 1 is number 21 in a, a tie, actually, with La Ventura and uh, Contempt by um, Godard. Mm. And where's Godfather Part 2 is... Uh, tied with taxi driver for 31 oh okay so they're, they're both pretty high yeah when when they were considered um as a single unit uh they were much higher on the list but there's a lot of votes splitting um which is understandable i i, I feel like if there was only one movie yeah. like if you weren't allowed to vote for one or the other it would probably be in the top 10 right because i think it's like yeah i i personally would not want to have like if you're getting votes of your 10 best or 10 favorite movies mm-hmm. it, it feels kind of weird giving up two slots to like one and two so i think right. yeah you're gonna have people picking one and so if those were combined then yeah i think it'd be a lot higher yeah and it's number seven on the uh directors oh okay. gotcha. meaning directors yeah. voted at number seven yeah instead of critics yeah yeah and then That's i don't know if the director's more impressive i think yeah let me see how far the director's poll. Okay, and number two, part two is about the same as at number 30 in the director's poll. So, yeah, they like it too. They have good taste. Okay, uh, we are going to do a quick draft of our favorite. What are we doing? Three favorite lines? Three yep. favorite. Three, three favorite lines each. And do we just want to do, are we going to do serpentine or are we going to do just a, uh, okay, we'll do serpentine. What, say, up or down, uh, Dylan, and we'll go in an order that I've picked out. But you decide, up or down, which which order that is. Down. Okay. So the order will be down. It'll be in the order of my Zoom screen. Jana, me, Dylan, Jenny, and then back up. Oh, okay. No. Good. I like my spot. Oh, no. So I have to go first? You got to go first. Oh. Um, all right. And we, I, I we... do not envy your... Uh... We position. briefly talked about picking, like, we're, we're not picking, except we didn't really explain what we're doing. We're drafting our favorite lines. Favorite. So not the most iconic or the most famous or anything like that, but or our favorite lines. even the lines. best. Like, that's yeah, or different even just the to best. me, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we're okay. drafting, so there's strategy. So but it, I was going to say. So, yeah. it, All right. so you don't necessarily pick your favorite one first. You want to. Well, you right. guys know how drafting works. <laughs> yes, it's true. But... I don't. I have no drafting strategy. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, you, you, if you think one that one of yours right. is going to be really popular, you want to do it before other right. people do it. Yeah, it's not just the one you want the most. It's the one you want the most that is most likely to be picked by somebody else. I assume we are all going to be fighting over Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday. <laughs> You know what? If you just want me it's to comp you that Monday, one, Monday, Tuesday, then... Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Ah. I'm cheating yeah. because I have a page in the book of an yeah. index of memorable lines. <laughs> so. I I literally I don't have a copy of your book, and I was really really cursing that this morning as I was rewinding through the movie trying to write down the lines. Oh. You can't you can't trust the internet necessarily. No. Um, on some of these things, and also the internet has all like the really famous ones, but not necessarily the ones you really like. Um, so, 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'll just go with the first one that I wrote down. Um, and I imagine some of these are going to be things we've already referenced because, you know, good yeah. lines. Um, yeah. But the very first one I wrote down as a priority to take was, hey, Mikey, why did you tell that nice girl you love her? <laughs> oh. So that I is. I love that one. That's so, one of the ones I wrote down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we, we, uh, it just we do that stand, one all the time. And it just like stands out because it's such a sweet little moment that has nothing to do with like death or business. And it's just uh, the sweetest. Yeah, the one I'm going with is um, for number one is sort sort of a famous pick, I think. But who's being naive, Kay? Yeah, nah, I wrote that one. Naive. Good. That's a good one. Senators and presidents don't have people killed. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay, you sweet summer child. Yep. All right, Dylan. All right, uh, my first pick. I'm going with the first line in the movie. I believe in America. Joe. Mm, yeah. Sorry, I, like it, I said, that, that's Somebody what makes The Godfather to. so good for me. Is and yeah. it's the perfect thing to set it up. All right, Jenny, you're up. Okay, I'm gonna also go with the famous one. This is business, not personal. Yeah. yeah, it's a good one. It's classic. All right, Jenny, you're gonna go again. You get two in a row. Now. Oh, I do. Okay, it's serpentine. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Um, shoot. I got two possible ones. Ah, uh, okay. I'm going another, with another popular one. Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, someone had to do it. And you know, it took me a while to realize that his um, bulletproof, the fish is wrapped in yeah, his yeah, bulletproof yeah. vest, which is what mm-hmm. they, they spent all that oh. time on him putting on the bulletproof vest. I don't know. I just thought that and was then, oh, yeah, one of those good. newer. It's great. Revelations, yeah. Okay, Dylan. Dylan, you're up. All right. Um, I think the one I'll go with, I have a better quote here. Um, I work my whole life. I don't apologize to take care of my family, and I refuse to be a fool dancing on a string held by all those big shots. I don't apologize. That's my life. But I thought when it was your time that you would be the one to hold the string. Sorry, that was a little nice. bit of a long that, line. That's but... that long. It counts. <laughs> that's good, though. It's a great one. Yeah. That That's it's a great line. Yes. All right, Jenna, you got two. Nick, you have to pick. Oh, you shit. You just skipped I your own term before oh, I... Oh, my God. Oh, you know why? Cause it's because I already copied... I'm writing them down. I already copied oh. and pasted it in. It's uh, something that I think is very useful is a uh, an image reply whenever, say, your favorite pitcher gets shelled. Yep. Or if someone tears apart your favorite movie, look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> look how they massacred my boy. I, I almost took me that to, first. Me, but about, I, me about Shane Bieber in the uh, first round of the playoffs I, last year. I almost took that one, but it, it felt it would have felt too rude. I was like, that's I gotta I gotta let Nick uh, <laughs> gotta let Nick have his quote. <laughs> that's, that's so nice. That's so good. In the cutthroat uh, draft. I know. We're not cutthroat. This is clearly this is <laughs> it's collaborative. But look yeah. look how they. When I was rewatching it this morning, um, Matt was like on his way to work and sat down on the couch and just like ended up watching like 45 minutes of the movie with me because how can you not? Um, mm. And then literally sat there and then as soon as he said, "Look how they massacred my boy," Matt stood up. He's like, "Okay, that's what I was waiting for. See you later." <laughs> <laughs> like literally, he just sat down. And it wasn't to like some big emotional like. <laughs> 
<laughs> nope, literally he sat there and waited. Not At first I was like, is he waiting until Sonny gets killed? Is he waiting? Until... No, literally waited for, look how they massacred my boy. And then he's like, all right, got to go to work. See you later. Um, okay. So now I have my last two. Yep. Okay. Um, oh, man. Um, okay. So, um, all right. My first one is, a, is a, a real personal favorite of mine, which is either his brains or his signature would be on the contract. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Talking about the, the offer was made that, that couldn't yep. be refused. Um, and then, God, my last one, too much pressure. Um, okay. All right. And then my, my last pick will also be from the the wedding and it's going to be uh luca brazzi's don corleone i am honored and grateful that you have invited me to your home on the wedding day of your daughter and may their first child be a masculine masculine child (laughs) if we had to shorten it i would just be and may their first child be a masculine child be a masculine child child. my final one um he was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> customers couldn't get their drinks <laughs> <laughs> it's so good uh dylan oh yeah um a man that doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man that that would have been probably my next one yeah that's yeah. good all right jenny your last one can i do my runner up too Oh yeah. yeah why don't I mean, we? I also since say this my is a serpentine, up. we should do a. We should all have a fourth. I think that's the only fair way to do. Okay. That. Oh, okay. Right. okay. A serpentine right. is having even. So good. This is this is definitely my number in my top three. Is Tom? Can you get me off the hook for old times' sake? I was gonna pick that one. Good. <laughs> I, did, I was so I glad you. I I thought it was gonna get picked. I love that. Yeah. Okay. You get one more, Jenny. Oh, so this is my this yeah. is my backup. So now this is your last one. Yeah, yeah. Do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm Mo Green. I made my bones when you were going out with cheerleaders. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess in my wheelhouse, um, I'll go for really another really long quote. I was not going to do this. This is too long. But however, I do this truce for self truce for selfish reasons. I'm a superstitious man, and if some unlucky accident should befall Michael, if he's to be shot by in the head by a police officer, or found hung dead in a jail cell. Or if he should be struck by a bolt of lightning. I'm going to blame some of those people in this room. And that I do not forgive. Yeah. <laughs> if you could shorten it, just be like the last two parts. But yeah. <laughs> so good. That whole buildup of just like, if he gets shot, if he gets hung, if he's struck by a bolt of lightning. Mm-hmm. You're I answering need to kill for it. People. Yeah. All right. For my last one, there's a lot of good choices. But... I think I would be dishonest to myself if I didn't pick Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, <laughs> Friday, Sunday, Saturday. All right, very good. Tuesday. All right, um, Jana, oh your, man, your I final have one. two that I'm really torn between. Um, okay. Um, okay, it's a. It's a famous one, but, uh, you know, it, for a reason. Um, I am going to go with 
don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again, ever. Mm -hmm. I'd like to mention that um, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse and leave the gun tank. The cannoli is still on the table. Yeah, I mean, you know. Those quotes don't matter as much to me. Yeah, I thought about I'm going to make an offer. or I I, I really like sort of like the, actually, frankly, like Michael's first delivery of it when he says my father made him an offer he couldn't refuse. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Although I, I had a lot around that story because I did either his brain signature would be on the contract. Mm. But then I also like with the when he goes to see um, the producer, Tom does. And when the producer says, like, I'll do anything else but not this. And Tom's response about Don saying he never asks a second favor when he's already been refused the first. Yes, <sighs> that is just, a great one. It's, I know. That is a really good one, too. But I, like, I like think- Nick said, you know, you could string together this whole movie and. Yeah, I, I yeah, this really is good. the most notes I've taken on any movie we've done, which is funny because it's the one I've seen the most number of times. But I just I wrote down so many quotes, um, so many. There's just so many good ones. Yeah, I I w- the one where he also is like, um, if you'd have come to me in friendship, that scum would be ruined. Mm-hmm. You're, you're that ruined your daughter would be suffering this very day. And if an honest man like you should make enemies, and they become my enemies, and then they would fear you. And then they would fear you. Yeah. Nobody, no, nobody took I'm with you now. I'm with you, which was the, my oh, other runner I, I had that one written down. was just yeah. like, I don't know. I know. I almost went with I never wanted this for you, which is like the, yeah. the corollary. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also liked Salazzo's line, I don't like violence, Tom. I'm a businessman. Blood is a big expense. I think <laughs> That's is a, a great, great line. line. Yeah. Or his line about, like, so many nickels and dimes. Yes. Yeah, politicians you have rattling yeah. around in your pocket. Yeah. Like, like, so, so many, many nickels, nickels and, dimes. and dimes. I love that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the last one that I had was, uh, That's My Family K. That's not me. Yep. I had, yep. Had that, is too. Yep. That's what I like about this movie so much is, like, was it he, it's sort of like uh like i have a i have a biology degree it's like the nature nature versus nurture how much of this is inherently in you and how much of this is like something you have to learn and build i right. think a huge part of it and again i think this goes back to the point of the movie is what is america now mm-hmm. is that he comes back from a war and so when he gets put into a place of danger or violence he somehow is so easily gravitated towards it. If it's either like running a mission to save his father or shooting a policeman and Salazzo in the head, like mm-hmm. he's ready for it. And once he gets to feel the power again that he had in the war, like he mm-hmm. literally becomes genuinely Satan and just kills everyone that stands against him. Well, and it's sort of a false question in a way, uh, in that you'd think that Sonny, um, had the nature, but he was no good at this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he might have been built for it, but he wasn't adept at it, whereas Michael really yeah. was. All right. Yeah. Well, that's The Godfather. Uh, good movie, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Great movie. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. a fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan. So uh, you can follow us on Letterboxd and Twitter at Great Movies Pod. Thanks, as always, to our buddy Scott Brady for our artwork. You can find him on Twitter at SBradyArtist. And Jenny, thank you for coming on again. Thanks, Jenny. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jenny. The new version of your book is coming out in a couple months? Yep, in September. It's got a new uh, 
forward by Mr. Coppola. So. Ooh. Heard of him. That is exciting. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I, I've been, I'm only like halfway through the book because I started it too late because there's so much stuff in it um, <laughs> that I thought I'd be able to get through it faster than uh, in time for the pod. But there's just so much to dig into. But I'm really loving it. People should definitely check it out if you don't uh, want to wait. You can get the uh, paperback. Paperback is like not the right term for it. I, my my dad's a printer and my brother and sister-in-law are in printing. I should know the actual term, but the, the is not that the hardback family business, Nick. Yes, it is the hard. Well, that's what I, we say. And you disappointed all of them by uh, becoming a doctor yeah. instead of going <laughs> yeah, into the printing I business. I mean, the other thing you can do is you can get a used copy of the hardcover, which is better, even if it's not a great. I just think it works better as a hard. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So the, the the new hardcover 50th anniversary is coming out in a couple months. If if you wanna um, get it before then, though, the, you can get the. Uh, it's it's like it's not paperback. It's, Soft cover, but it's not hard either. Yes, yeah, that the. the I, don't I don't know. know. It's, it's a ro- it's a ro- it's more robust than than a paperback, but it's not a, it's not. It's hard. not a uh, coffee table book in the same way. Mm, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> I am I am pre-ordering. Oh. for a treat for myself in September. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's so nice. That is exciting. Yeah, but it's it's a beautiful book. Um, it's got lots of fun anecdotes about Sterling Hayden having children throw rocks at him mm-hmm. and uh, all the people that they wanted to have, <laughs> all, all the reasons they, they were trying to fire Al Pacino until he actually did, like, the assassination scene, and they're like, oh, oh fuck, shit, he's good. Him. Yeah. yeah, what they call him this, that? This kid's got a career. That shrimp or something they call him. Yeah, because he he's like around. he is five seven. The or scenes like with that. him little... and like Abe Vigoda, who I think is like six feet tall, like it's just there's some very funny height differential mm. <laughs> in this movie. Yeah, and then the book just looks fantastic. There's just great pictures oh. and everything. It, Thank you. It's awesome. So people should get it uh, in one form or the other. And uh, I don't know. I know it's on sale on Amazon. Is there anywhere else that you would recommend people getting it or just wherever they can track it down? Yeah, I mean, use bookstores. It's <laughs> it's uh, been out of print. So but but it's around. Yeah. And it's good. It's a good one. Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you for making Especially it. Especially for. Yeah. For Godfather fans, get it for uh, your parents for Father's Day just happened. But like, sure. yeah, make it a great know. gift. I'm happy to. Yeah. Autograph anything if you're ever Ooh. in these parts, or you could mail me one too. I would send it back. Ooh. So, all right. Alrighty. Well, that's it. Next week we are talking about all four hours of Gone with the Wind. Yeah, we are. The look on Janice's face right now. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's, it's a, we're I've we're seen... approaching the two-hour forty-five minute mark on Godfather. We're not going to talk about Go- Gone with the Wind for this long. I can tell you that. <laughs> There's right a now. whole extra hour to it. We, we, oh we I think longer. something tells me that we will not go this long <laughs> on Gone with the Wind, a movie that I've seen multiple times. It's not. This is not one that I haven't seen. But uh, yeah, there's pretty colors. There are Confederates. A kid or two dies. There's some good music. I don't know. There's um, good parts to it, but we'll it's, get into uh, it. Shitty. Yeah. We'll get into it. All right, Roger out. Roger out. Roger out. And when I go to the movies, I am that person on the screen. I am having vicariously an experience that happened to someone else. And that makes me a better person. That to see good films and to see important films 
is one of the most profoundly civilized experiences that we can have as people.